Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. And I'm distracted a little bit because Matt, who's the first person we introduce, is scratching his neck. I'm not put- scratching my neck. I hate pulled a muscle yawning. <laughs> that is such an American thing to say. <laughs> yeah, we went over this offline. I went to New Found Glory last night. I went a little too hard, and then my entire body sore. <laughs> I've pulled a muscle yawning. I've done it sneezing. Yeah, like it's it's a a one neck muscle here. It's not quite your your trapezius, but it connects up there. Yeah, I've done the one uh, a muscle across your collarbone. uh, Yeah, while while sneezing, that was. Do you ever sneeze real hard and you get like an electrical shock that goes down your arms? Should I see a doctor? Yeah, go see a doctor for that. I've never had that. (laughs) It's just like uh, because. Hey, fever's a bitch. Yeah. Like, it'll be just a really intense one, and it's like a nerve cluster gets hit, and I get, like, this tingling. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, Carl's also here. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> on the DC Comics show, we're talking about DC Comics. Coming up on this week's show, we have Lois Lane, issue one, Deceased, issue three, Justice League 27, The Green Lantern, issue nine, Batgirl 36, Adventures of the Super Sons number 12, and Superman Up in the Sky issue 1. That is the books that we're going to talk about this week. And I don't know if we noticed it when we talked about what was coming this week, last week, but I had completely forgotten that Batman would get pushed if we did talk about it, because I was like, where's Batman? We didn't, because you've moved to a new system of just using previews. <laughs> that's and, true. And now you don't notice what's been pushed. It's just, well, is it coming or not? Yeah, that's true. There's ups and downs to the new system. There's ups and downs. That's uh, not a down. That's, that's, a, that's an up. It doesn't matter. It's not there. <laughs> it's a down, damn it. It's a goddamn down. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it's a relatively late week. Uh, week one is. Not not quite as late as week three, but we did ask for a few questions on the Twitters. Um, I did leave it a little bit late, I'll admit. So, we don't have a ton of questions, but we'll milk the ones that are there. It's fine. We'll make do. Um, and, and Connor said there was one bit of news. I don't know. I But, you know, DC Comics show. We talk about DC Comics. If you want to skip the rambles and the small talk, uh, you can skip to the books and the timestamps. But for those of you who are here for the rambles, um, you will be hearing no football talk this week. I am putting my foot down. And if they do talk about football, I will edit it out. I am making that pledge right now so no one oh, gets to enjoy uh, it. Oh my, well, it looks it's... like it's being interspersed throughout everyday conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just in the middle of every book. Just, yeah, yeah. while we're talking about the book, we'll, we'll drop in the disappointing fact that England are out. So, so That's not disappointing. Um, so, so Alex Morgan, <laughs> who's who's the girl that, you know, did the, the tea the thing. Yeah. Um, she became my favorite soccer player because yeah, last year, well, no, last year she went to Epcot in Disney World and she did the drink around the world and <laughs> she got so drunk and disorderly she got put in Disney jail. Oh, I love her already. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she, and, and funnily enough, she was kicked out of the British Pavilion, the UK <laughs> is where she got drunk and disorderly. Um, I read that and went, that's our girl. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so, it's Connor, it's not coming home. I told you, um, it is. We just asked you to hold on for four more years. Polish it up. We'll take it, yeah. we'll, we'll bring it home in four years. Oh, man. Hey, Pete. Uh-huh. Yes. G1 today. G1 today, indeed. I'm just tweeting about yeah. you two talking about football. Hold on. <laughs> Those two idiots have started football talk. 
Five. Hey, we got like numerous tweets and comments show. saying, yes, "Yo, this is support. now partially a football podcast." So you have to just no, accept. No, it. it just doesn't. But uh, G wants today, uh, which is the big Japanese round robin tournament and and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So yeah. that's fun. If everyone yeah. watching this it was yesterday. We we got for the first time sure. ever in the U.S. Okada versus Tanahashi. Uh, yeah. So, should yeah. should be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Probably won't see it live, but I'm looking forward to. No, 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 no. I. It's live here on on normal uh, U.S. time, but usually when I watch these, I I fast through all the prelim matches, because you know they're all tags and stuff. If I watch it live, I can't do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get to the meat. I'm in a conundrum. Yeah. Well, I get to the meat. Uh, uh, I mean, I know it's blasphemous to talk about Marvel things before we even get to uh, actual DC things for the week. But they did just announce that Feige's going to do a 90-minute panel at Comic-Con, uh, presumably announcing Phase 4. That's the assumption right now. It's just them sitting, him sitting at a table not doing anything. Because <laughs> you know why? He's Kevin like Feige, he doesn't have to. Four movies behind at this point. So, whatever. God, you're terrible. What was the last one? I saw? I saw Black Panther. What was after Black Panther? Black Panther was Infinity War. Oh, okay, I saw Infinity. I think I think Infinity Four was the last one I saw. <clears throat> that's you're like terrible. five. That's like five movies then. Because what was the one after that? Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, yeah, I've not seen that. And then and then uh, Captain Marvel, Endgame, Spider Man. Okay, four. No, it's four. That's four. Yeah, so I'm four movies behind. That's four. Yeah. No. Spider-Man was pretty good for anyone who uh, was curious as to, to my opinion. Apparently they weren't. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the audience. Yeah. I know. I'm just uh, I'm just presuming. Yeah, Ginger Also Queen. really good. Stranger Things season three. Shut up. So, aye, aye. I'm not saying anything. I know not to spoil. Yes, yes. Well, I never binge, but... On uh, the fourth, they were there, and me and Ash mm. went for it. Well, so you know, I, I would love to binge Stranger Things, but me and Connor have to do it one by one uh, for review purposes. So uh, we're two episodes in, and I'm enjoying it very much so far. Oh, Pete, this season goes very, very much into your wheelhouse. So, oh yes, I've been oh. I've been making some predictions in episode two. We'll see, oh. we'll see. Oh dear, I love it. I'll, hey, this might be the first time in a long time where I'm ahead of you guys on something, and it's weird. I know, I know, that's strange. But Matt, I love a good, you know, after closing hours mall like set scene. You know, I love a good that. What's, what's funny is people are all talking about like uh, malls and like how they're different now, and I didn't think about it. And when you look at the mall and Stranger Things, it's very much of a time and how much stylistically different. At least the ones here are. That it's just not the same, um, but yeah, it's. It was always weird to me when I would see movies or TV shows in the movie theaters run a mall, because all of ours here are attached to casinos. So <laughs> that's just the I'm Vegas like, thing. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm like, huh. So you know, in that first episode, which we can you know talk a little bit, so you guys have seen it. They're yeah. going into the mall to see uh, Day of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, God, just the old movie theater too. The low back chair. Everybody's crowded in. You know? Just it's nostalgia for a time I don't remember. <laughs> I get that, because I wasn't around 
at all yeah. in 1985. But I, I do enjoy. Uh... Uh, I, I was my mom was pregnant with me. I, I did the math. <laughs> I was born in October 85. It takes place in July. Oh so, yes. I, yeah. I really hope you didn't have to think long and hard about that maths. <laughs> I did. Okay. She 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 was in fact six months pregnant. I'll do the math properly. Yep. Assuming you came about on time and not early or, or late. No, I was actually late, but still. Or late. Ah well. I was late by like eight days. Ah, not much. Not much. Yeah. I was late as well, actually. I think I was like a week late. Now you mention yeah. it, I think we're both <laughs> in the same. And our stubbornness has continued on. <laughs> It's funny, my um, my wife's original due date, because hers is in November, was on Halloween. <laughs> and she, she held out. And I said, man, you would have been probably so much different if you were born on Halloween. So, she'd be like Wednesday Adams, <laughs> Right? It's like default. Or a serial killer. I mean, one of the two. How do we know she's not right now? That's, I don't. That's true. That's true. <laughs> she watched a lot of Dateline. She could probably get away with it for a while. Every time Matt gets suspicious, she's cheating because she's like, "I'm I'm going to be at work late." She's actually out killing people and stuffing bodies under the house. Oh man, <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's why she won't let you go to Target. She's off to kill someone. Yeah, yeah. She's got oh, her own what? Target in mind. She's got a Target. Oh, I'm texting her. I'm gonna text her. I know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I end up missing, guys. <laughs> Start with her. Uh... <laughs> so I was the spouse first. So I was the spouse. Oh dear, yeah. Well, what a weird place to start the show on. I mean, I, like, I mean, Connor said there was some news. I didn't see the news, but Connor's got news. Well, it's only a small thing. Um, it's uh, DC are adapting uh, some Rooster Teeth uh, shows. Uh, it is Ruby, that's the R W B Y, and Genlock. Genlock's pretty new, I think. Actually, I only came, I think that only came out of maybe six months ago. Be, be the resident old man. What's a Rooster Teeth? Uh, kind of like an IGN, but they they do a lot more content creation. Um, but they they don't usually do shows. They usually do like, you know, there are a series of like web shows and like uh, kind of podcast style things. Um, but they do some like animated TV shows as as well. Basically, they're a much more successful version of us. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but they have so much more going that I, I wouldn't. Sure, even they have they have scripted shorts and things like that as well, admittedly, but. Yeah. I've never seen any uh, of them, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what they're doing are two digital, I don't know if they're digital first or digital only series. Uh, they'll be doing, uh, alternating the two books weekly. So there'll be, uh, you know, a new digital chapter every two weeks uh, of each one. Um, I'm just trying to skim to see if it was just a straight adaptation or if it was a, a new story in there. No, it's not saying. It's a big block of text. I'm not going to see that. But yeah, I, I know uh, the, there are some people who really like this, especially Ruby, has been going for a few years now as a real dedicated following. Um, I've heard good things. Okay, okay. Uh, so we'll get to a few questions then. Um, you know, keep keep the, the, the happy vibes going. We got one stupid one from uh, at Tufty underscore W23. And I say, <laughs> oh I, say, I, say, I say stupid one because we know him. He's James. He's someone we converse with on a frequent basis. This is the most James question I've ever read. Unfortunately, yes. Yes. What kind oh, of... Oh, Connor, all you have to say about Rooster Teeth is they did red versus blue. I know that. Oh, yeah. That one, yeah. Okay. What I forget what all their shows are. They've got so many things. Yeah. 
What kind of phones do Superman and Batman use? I feel like Superman's still stuck in an old Nokia. No, Superman's got a... Clark, he's a, he's a reporter. He has an iPhone that he doesn't know how to use. You say that, but I know, like, a police officer who, who literally had a Nokia until the police went, no, we are giving you a goddamn smartphone because we are sick of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... I think he's got an iPhone, like... XR that he doesn't know how to work. Like he's just like I remember when phones were just for calls. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like I feel like Batman has like some experimental tech that he's designed himself because he's Bruce Wayne and no one he else has, has he it. He has the Wayne Tech Bat phone. Yeah. 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 Paid for it with the bat card. Yeah. He he you know it's, yeah. I mean, do you think Tony Stark in Avengers is using just a a, a consumer product? No. No. <laughs> Man, when the first Iron Man came out and he had that, that flip up that turned to into a T, I was like, ah, it's the phone I want. Then I realized they just designed it for the movie. And it's actually pretty impractical. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's also kind of insane how that was kind of futuristic in 2008, but now it feels so ancient because it's so blocky and you're like, yep. no, no, no. You'd... Well, well then now it's his, you know, it's Friday and all of his, um, his, his tech. No, it's only assistance. It's only futuristic now if it's a sheet of glass. It has to be glass and maybe yeah. some holograms coming off the glass. Yep. That's what makes mm, it like futuristic, a, like a, though. Yeah, like a, like an iPad that just looks like a pane of glass with a border around it. Yeah, we'll get there. I'm sure yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. Well, I remember a couple of years ago hearing that they've they they developed gas like it's like circuitry, but it it runs through gas, like. Um, well, as opposed there. to silicon, yeah, but it's super expensive to 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 do, so it wasn't that practical, you know, I, four I, years ago. I imagine theoretically, mm -hmm. it's more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, it's more efficient. Efficient, yeah, because because yeah. the gas molecules are further apart, so right, and it and it doesn't heat up, you know. So, yeah, but yeah, they they developed a way to do the circuitry through gas. So that's how you would get what would look like a pane of glass, which and now you're just talking. Now it's just magic to yeah. me. <laughs> like you might as well be a sorcerer. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, you know. Um, and uh, just I'll just add a bonus one just to round off this question. Uh, Miguel uses a rotary phone. Uh, so next God. question. <laughs> what? That's accurate. <laughs> Jimmy uses the signal watch. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I've got a bloody smartwatch now. Anyone can get one of them. But does yours call Superman? No. So shut up. If I put a dog whistle on it. <laughs> no, that's how you get dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so here's here's uh, some other questions. There. All right. So that's what was more for you two than me. Admittedly, this is from uh, at Talking Superman. What areas of mythology would you like to see more folded into the DCU? Um, examples he would give would be Mesopotamian and uh, Gilgamesh, in particular, interacting with Superman. So, what? Like the Gilgamesh with Superman would be real interesting. So I have no answer for this, really. Um. <laughs> I'd I'd love to see a further exploration of all the the, the Celtic stuff that we got in Brave and the Bold. Uh, don't that make me good. say it. I get a feeling there's going to be some Vikings here in a minute. I don't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We touched on that a little bit with um, 
to be a Valkyries in uh, that Amazon book, Odyssey of the Amazons. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. More, more of that would be great. I loved uh, over in, in Superman, the um, – new Superman. In New Superman, the uh, Asian mythologies getting mm. used, you know. Mm. Um, how Yang used uh, the, the North Korean outsider thing with the Korean mythology for their version of Aquaman. And then he had Green Snake for Wonder Woman and the story of White Snake, which weirdly is being developed into a animated. I forget who's doing it, but they're doing an animated movie based off of that story. So cool. that should be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I like all that. Uh, I'd love some Japanese mythology. A, because mainly I don't know a lot of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a, lot, there's a lot of like creatures, Japanese. Yeah, people, and, like. and they're very... They're very much like things. So I listened to the Myths and Legends pod, uh, and he has a creature of the week. Yeah. And a lot of the Japanese ones are a lot of fun because they're, you know, they're like the toilet demon that just offers you extra toilet paper. Is that the one where if you don't take it? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no consequences for taking it, but if you do not take it, it gets real bad for you. Um, I mean, that just, that just and, sounds helpful. Well, what was so bad about yeah, this, David? That's, and that's why I love the Japanese mythology in that way, where they just have like these these creatures that are just like, wow, that is only in Japan. You know, <clears> there's <throat> one of my favorite ones is the the scarred face woman that um, she, she something happened where she ended up scarring up her face and she'll go around asking if you think she's beautiful. And it's a no win situation because if you say yes, she'll kill you. Uh, and scar up your face, and if you say no, she'll kill you and scar up your face. So yeah, the only if, if, if yes, she scars it because like, well, well, yeah. well, I'll make you beautiful as well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yep. And if not, she's just insulted. Right. And so the the way about it, you, you just kind of have to answer. I mean, yeah, kind of. And it short circuits her, and you have to, you know. But yeah. there's oh, there's so much stuff in there. Uh, there's another story about a crab that. Uh, he planted a coconut tree and a monkey took advantage of it and the monkey ends up killing the crab and the crab's son swears the blood feud and it's this whole thing that I would just love to see like Detective Chimp deal with. You know what I mean? That would be amazing. Yeah. So and it's, I think Japanese mythology I'd love to see. I don't know how that would relate to Superman because again I'm not Yeah. I'm not that well versed. Well, I don't think it would yeah, I don't think you'd be doing it with Superman. You'd do it with yeah. um other characters that maybe fit better yeah. into that world. Also, maybe- I would love Detective Chimp because that story, that story of, of the the crab and the monkey involves a, a, a sentient pot of water and a sentient chestnut and just like uh, well, stuff that I could see Detective Chimp dealing with. I feel I feel like in general you have the people unjustly dark investigating these weird Japanese horror mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. That's yeah. essentially what you're saying. Um, I know. <laughs> man, that man, that versus the toilet demon. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Uh, obviously, my main is jumping to movies, so I'm thinking of like Sadako versus <laughs> like like Wonder Woman trying to like, cut through the hair of Sadako and just not knowing what to do. <laughs> Sorry, Sadako. Okay, I, I always say it more like Sadako, and I shouldn't. It's Sadako. Um, but so have you got like no mythology at all that you're familiar with? Not real stuff. I mean, there's Loch Ness character. <laughs> I mean, that's more yeah. folklore. Yeah. Ah, folklore I mean, mythology. It's all the same made up nonsense. Um, 
Do you know what I found out recently? There's a Canadian version of Loch Ness Monster called the... Yeah. Uh, what was it called? You, you, you seem to know. Ogopogo. Ogopogo, yes. Yeah. What idiot named it the Ogopogo? Well, because it's it's based off of the, the lake that it's in. It's and it's it's Who short named for it Ogopogo. I'll tell you right now. Who named the lake? That's a stupid name. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a First Nations name. So, I mean, it's from the, the language of whatever native people were there. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't really know much about mythology. It's never been something I've really looked into or oh, I love it. read up on. Yeah. Not my thing. Not my thing. I much, I'm, if you're... If we're talking fictional mythology, sure, give me some xenomorphs or something. I'll I'll I'll, I'll pitch you that story. Yeah, unfortunately they're licensed, and uh, therefore you have some problems. Well, you know what? In ten years, Disney's going to own DC anyway, and they already own Alien, so that won't be a problem then. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know I'm right. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they won't be allowed to. Accept the joke and move on. Don't be a prick. Okay, so apparently uh, Ogopogo uh, was just given its name from a from a poem <laughs> about it. Um, am I, so am I allowed to laugh at the name now? Yeah, you can. You can. It's uh, it's in British Columbia, so it's on the the west coast of the Okanagan Valley. So, yeah, good old Ogopogo. It's such a friendly sounding monster. Well, that's just like uh, in, in the Congo, there's Michele and Bembe, which is for me just fun to say. But it's apparently an apatosaurus that survived and lives in the forest and it knocks down trees and the natives are scared. Um, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> now, I do love all that cryptid stuff. I don't, you know, as, uh, as we all will know. So... <laughs> Oh dear! All right, so so the last oh, this this question, well, not directly DC related, should actually be quite me because it's, it's quite a packed question. Uh, from at Corey YNWA, what is your favorite movie from each of the following genres? So we're going to have so I'll just give you them one at a time. We could we could do this. Um, no, but there's no sci-fi. That, that seems like an odd 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 exclusion for me, but whatever. Um, he obviously just doesn't give a shit about sci-fi. Maybe not, or maybe he just forgot about it. That's fine. Uh, so. Action. Matt. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. that. That's what I was about to, because I don't like straight action movies. I don't love a lot of them. There's no adventure but... on this list, so I think you can count action yeah, adventure. So if I can't pick that, right, then it's Die Hard. Right, my, oh. my, my pick's Die Hard, are they? Because <laughs> yeah. Die Hard. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would probably lean more towards Raiders myself. But I wasn't sure if I was allowed it or not. It's a perfect action movie, yeah. Die Hard is. So, I mean, well, that one was quite quick. I thought it would be more... more well, so you, you take Die Hard over Terminator, or you throw Terminator in the sci-fi? No, Terminator sci-fi. Okay. Yeah. And t- I'd, I'd say Terminator was more of a horror movie than an action movie every day of the week. Okay. Um, And I literally just recorded a review of it the other day, so I've really been thinking about it the last few days. Um, uh Okay, Horror. I'll just I'll start mm. Halloween. It's an easy pick. All right, it's Halloween. Yeah. Original Halloween. John Carpenter's Halloween, nineteen seventy-eight. Yes, yeah. I'll be that clear. <laughs> yeah. See, this is annoying because that that is also mine. It's been on like you know all the lists we've done. So I'm trying to give us something else to say just to, to have a different answer. 
Uh, do I have a list up of what, what number two is a lot harder to think of than number one? If you're really curious, uh, you, you, me and Tim did a top 100 horror movies list on Screams After Midnight a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, f- do I have a favorite horror movie? Four part video series. Um, you get a nice broad taste of my or idea of my taste in horror. Um, go on, Matt. He must have one. Just say American Werewolf in London. That's not a bad pick. Yeah. No, Psycho. Psycho is horror, right? Yes, Psycho is horror. Yes. Yeah. Well, because some people might class it as a thriller and not a horror. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Psycho over American Werewolf. I I would agree that Psycho is better than American Werewolf. Yes, I I think Psycho's a ten. Psycho's in my top ten probably. Yeah. It holds up no matter what. We just watched it on Halloween, and it's. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, the bit where they put the music from It Follows over Psycho? No. No. Oh, that's good. Is it just over the shower scene or over the whole movie? No, it's like you know, over all the stuff in the car. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, it's over that, and it's fantastic. That's that's a that's a good piece of music though too in the car. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm gonna have to look this up when we're done. Oh yeah, yeah there's no dusting of the actual secret score here. Oh no, yeah. no, it's it's just a, yeah. an alternate thing that's worth looking at. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those ones where like I don't want to watch the movie if that music's not there, right? Like they go so hand in hand. Oh yeah. sure. You know, but yeah. All right, what's the next? Oh, did Connor give his? I'm just doubling down Halloween because I can't think of what my okay. number two is. Yeah, so. Halloween's pretty good too. All right, historical. Mm, the Aviator. I mean, it's more contemporary uh, history, but. Uh, some people call it a slog. Uh, I love it. I never really think of this as a genre, so I, I'm going to have to actually just yeah, Google I've, historical I've... films and get an idea of what I'm looking for. Uh... Does Raiders still count? Is this more just <laughs> period pieces, or is it specific historical I, I, events? I don't think period pieces count. I think it's specifically like based on a person or an event. I would assume. I would assume. Oh, I've got a good answer. I'm just checking to see if there's anything better. You know, Gladiator's great, Braveheart's great, yeah. and all all that. But I think I'm going to have to go with um, Twelve Years a Slave. Because, no, one sits with you. Yeah. Well, I I just think Steve McQueen's a fantastic director. That movie's a yeah. goddamn gut punch after gut punches. I ain't forgetting it anytime soon. Oh come on! I or Google King Arthur from 2004 is a bit stretching it in terms of historical. <laughs> I mean, it does lean into the, you know, Romans fleeing the British Isles narrative of King Arthur, but um, that's where the historical it is stops. stretched it a bit. Um, yeah. I'll go with Ben Hur, the the original one. <sighs> that's four hours of my love, life. I'm not getting back. I love that oh, movie. First Man's on there too. That's yeah, a first, bit too recent. I'm still gonna go Aviator. Yeah, First Man. I know it's, it's weird to think of stuff in the last few decades. I mean, that's like yeah. 50 years now, but. You know, it's weird to think of stuff in the last few decades as being historical, but it kind of is in a weird way. Um, yeah. So, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, uh, 12 Years a Slave. You, you had Ben-Hur and Matt had... Yeah. What did you have, Matt? The Aviator. The Aviator. There we go. All right, that was, that's historical. Western, Matt. Oof. I don't watch a lot of Westerns. I, I, so I guess I'll have to go... I'll have to go Tombstone just because. Okay, I wasn't expecting yeah, that. I do like to... I'll be your Huckleberry. Um, 
I I have an easy pick actually because I, I I love I mean I love the Dollars trilogy for sure like they are some of the mm. best but Once Upon a Time in the West is my favorite. Yeah, I think I might go a bit more contemporary and go with the the Coen's True Grit. Oh yeah, I like that movie. I love that one. That was good. I watched uh, one last year for we were doing the what was it the, the movie fest contest yeah pete uh and i did uh, i watched the salvation which is a, a a recent western with nads mickelson about a uh a danish settler that gets wrapped up and goes to commit revenge was it good um it's pretty good there's been like a, a handful of good westerns over the last couple of years. uh slow west was real good I didn't see that one, but I would recommend Bone Tomahawk if you want a western with a slight horror tinge. Yeah, well. it's a B movie in the best way. Yeah, if I uh, the, the director who did that, I believe it was the same director we wanted to do Brawl and Cell Block Ninety Nine, and, and uh, that was Dragged great. Across Concrete. And Dragged Across Concrete. <laughs> yeah, that's his newest one with Mel Gibson and uh, Mel Gibson and and uh, shit, Wedding Crashers. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, thank you. I couldn't think. I kept wanting to say Owen Wilson. I'm like, it's not Owen Wilson. It's the other one. Oh, what was the, the salvation? Oh, dear. Um, no, no, no. Uh, so. Uh, there's one from Ty West, also with Ethan Hawke, that's pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. In the Valley of Violence. That one's really, that's another contemporary one's pretty good yeah. well, um, westerns yeah. not a genre i tend to watch a ton of either but i yeah. do really like sergio leone's westerns and there's the odd other one that kind of sticks out um, well see on, on that on that uh, the whole the whole thing of the, the 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 movie fest was to search out things you haven't seen before you know so that's why i found all these new westerns to watch Cause... Yeah, because there was bonuses for different genres, so you were trying to figure yeah. your western. Do you know what's bugging me is that it wasn't called Movie Fest, and I can't remember what we called it. <laughs> it was based off of Octoberthon. Yeah. But, um, I forget what the name was, but yeah, I watched a ton, ton of stuff. Yeah, we haven't when done one of those in a while. That was last year. We haven't done one of those in a while. Um, there's probably no point in doing one anytime soon because we're relatively close to October again now, but yep. I'll keep it in mind for early next year. We'll do, do something. Yep. Because we did a sci-fi one as well at one point. We did. Yeah. yeah. I think that might have been last July, maybe. Yeah. So we said I should have had July's set up. For I, I think ones. we did have one last July, didn't we? I can tell um, you because let me go back into my notes from last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I could be wrong, but if it, I feel like I remember one. If anyone's confused what the hell we're talking about, uh, basically. Uh, this came from October Thumb, which is the idea of like try to watch as many horror movies in October as possible. But I made up like a spreadsheet of like point bonuses for if you do like say five of this subgenre and five from this decade and so on and so on. Uh, it was basically turning movie watch into a competition. It was basically if you're someone who plays video games and loves the sound of a trophy popping, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was trying. Yeah, to so um, it was in July last year, but there wasn't the sci-fi one. Sci-fi one was the July before. Right, okay. So we've last, been doing this stuff. What was last July then? That was the complete, it was like genre. So you try to watch, you know, you get five sci fi and you get bonus points if you haven't seen them before versus stuff you'd already seen. 
Western all the yeah, way. That, then there uh, was the decades. That was the general movie yeah. test one. I think that was the one that I did more of the grid based sort of point system though, yep. where it was like, you know, you watched the, the movie and you got the point for that year as well, but then you you know, so you wouldn't want to do the yep. same year again kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this got real yeah. complex, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it was just in, in the the Malfoy's Facebook group. Every so often, yeah. he's like, "Hey, let's yeah. just." He gets basically just... he realizes he hasn't watched enough movies recently, and it's like, "Hey, <laughs> I need an excuse." Well, I I think that's where it started, but then it really became a competition because I know Joseph uh, in the group really went out of his way one October to defeat Pete. Yeah. Um, well, the fact is, is I never won the October star. I, I was always just maybe like number five or something like that. I was happy well, just, you know. You're the you're the marked man though. You're the one everyone's trying to beat. You know. Tim's Tim's uh, a tough challenge in the October one. Yeah. Cause well, because Tim will watch anything with horror. It yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, you know, he loves Leprechaun. Oh, he does. But I just want so, to point out. I mean, me and Tim, the, the review we did for Leprechaun two just went up like last week, and several people have said it's the most funniest review we've ever put up. So if you're curious, it's the best of me and Tim, go watch the Leprechaun 2 review. Or listen to it on the Screams After Midnight audio podcast feed. Don't worry about spoilers, because it's Leprechaun 2. It's Leprechaun 2. He's trying to get a wife, and if he makes a woman sneeze three times, then, you know, um, she'll sneeze once, she'll sneeze twice, and if she sneezes thrice, she'll be my... bride. Wife? Wife. Aye, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> thrice and wife does does sound closer than thrice it does. and bride. It does. I I just realized I didn't, I didn't know what the word was at the end. All right, look, just you're just like John Ralphio. <laughs> <laughs> you got you gotta end on the beat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Talking for me, John Ralphio. How dare you? Uh, there's worse to be. Uh, those two are, are brilliant idiots. I love him and his sister. No, no. I, I, I'm more like John Ralphio's cousin from another mother, uh, Steve from Stranger Things. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, Steve. He's the babysitter. He is. <laughs> I, I don't think oh, Steve. Pete has the hair to pull it off. No. No, I don't I don't have the fans here. He does. He's really proud of his hair, that man. But uh... You guys have met Robin yet, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin's great. Do, do you realize whose daughter that is? Now you're saying that, I'm looking at her, I'm trying to think of her face. Yeah, because she's got a, a familiar facial structure. Yeah, she does. Do you want her name? And you want to try to base it off of that? Go, give me her name. Her name is Maya Hawk. Ethan Hawks? Yeah. And, um, and Uma Thurman. And yeah. That's their daughter. And then when you look at it, you're like, oh shit, it is. Because she yeah, looks yeah. like both of them. Yeah. yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Because um, I was watching it and I was like, where do I know her from? I've seen her in things. And then I pull her up, and she's only like 20 years old. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I haven't seen her. Oh, but that look who her mom is. Yeah, it's all, it's all standing to reason. Yeah. It's all standing to reason. Uh, so the next genre on this question is teen movies. Um, I know Connor's a big advocate. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a layup for me. Yeah. I'm just looking to see if there's anything else I'm not thinking of that I would maybe pick. But I think my answer to this is actually me and Daryl and the dying girl. Um, no, me and, me and Earl. <laughs> did, you say, did you say Earl or did you say, did you say Daryl? Because on my end, it sounded like you said Daryl. I said Earl. Me, you, said, me, you definitely uh, said Earl. Yeah, me oh, and okay. Daryl and the dying girl. <laughs> it's because of I your can see what, I can see. What, yeah, now Matt said it, I can hear what he's hearing. <laughs> I never even noticed. Um, okay, me and Errol. 
and the dying no, girl. It's me, Earl, and the dying girl. Okay, me, Earl, and the dying girl. Whatever. There you, go. you know what I'm talking about, Matt. The movie was. With... It's actually me and Earl and the dying girl. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That movie messed me up so bad. <laughs> Look, there's, there's the only movie I've ever watched where the teen's like main character trait is that he loves Werner Herzog movies, alright? I connected to this kid immediately. Immediately. Thing of beauty. Yeah. Thing of beauty. Connor, what's yours? Mine? Uh, pretty in pink. Oh, wow. Oh, of course it is. 10 things I hate about you. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like that movie. I for some reason, as a as a young lad, I watched that on pay per view, um, as a kid, and was into it for some reason. Even though I didn't typically like movies of that sort because they were girly movies when I was that yeah, age. I like. I have a, I have a sweet spot for for teen coming of age. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm not gonna lie. I think I watched it because the younger sister in it was the actress who played Alex Mack on Nickelodeon, yeah. and I had a crush on her. So I think that's yeah. why I watched it. <sighs> yeah, that one and Mean Girls, I think, are two of my favorites. Mm, that's great as well. Mm, yeah. So now, me now. So that uh, pretty in pink, you said, right? So, so you're pretty in pink over um, Sixteen Candles, Connor. It's close. That's pretty divisive. Six, Sixteen Candles is my second favorite. Mm. But yeah, yeah. His third favorite is Porky's. Two, The Revenge. <laughs> hey. Alright, next genre uh, and final genre, although I may add on some extras just for the fun of it here because I'm enjoying this conversation, uh, is rom-com. And he's emphasized, yes, that's right, rom-com. Yeah, well, this is easy too. Um, actually, it may be easy for me now because I, I think my easy answer without thinking about it is The Big Sick. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah. I didn't even think about that one. I think that's my easy answer without thinking about it, but maybe you guys will spark something else. Matt, what are you going for? Oh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's in my top movies of all time. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, so that's easy. All right, Ginge. Uh, about Time. That's a good one. That's good. Curtis Curtis has a knack for those, because I also love Love Actually. But that's that's really not so much a rom-com as much as it's a relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think when Corey says, you seriously, that's right, rom-com, I don't think he was expecting you to immediately be like, oh, I'd love it, actually. Oh, no, definitely this oh, no, one. I, I can, yeah, I can yeah. relax <laughs> a whole bunch of them. Yeah, me too. Uh, dude, I, I was a guy. To be fair, I think, I think 10 Things I Hear About You would also fall in the rom-com as well. Uh-huh. 10 Things, Say Anything, um, 50 First Dates. But I won't say that. I've, I've seen a ton. Well, pretty pink's on this list too. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I class it as a, as a teen movie first, but yeah, there's sure. rom-com elements, sure. Sure. All right. Right. Answer for sci-fi because he's a he's an idiot and he's not put sci-fi in. Idiot is a Scottish word meaning idiot, folks. It's not <laughs> just Scottish. It's a British word. Okay, fine. It's a British word. I've never heard an English person say idiot. Is it like is it like how someone idiot? Or is it a different thing? I don't know. I've never heard someone called an idiot. <laughs> okay. I imagine like, yeah, you're, you're just yelling idiot. at us. Yeah. 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 No, it's pretty much the same then. Yeah, no, it's it's a British thing as well. And an Irish say Egypt a lot as well. It's it's spelled like uh E E J I T, I think, if I remember yes. correctly. Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Uh what about Dauber? Dauber's not English. That's a Scottish thing. I've heard that used quite a bit though. Maybe it's spread. <laughs> 
No, I hear it a lot in Yorkshire, so. Oh, Yorkshire, still different from Scottish people, how dare they? All right, so, so what's qualifying under sci fi? Uh, sci fi movies. Yeah. <laughs> your option. Okay, like, your, your... Star Wars count? Yeah, it's, I mean. Okay. It's, it's debatable. What? really isn't it because well, i know it's what connor's is but... i would still yeah. count it but yeah like you, you, to not count it you're just being awkward for the sake of not counting it aren't you yeah although for, for the sake of interesting answers how about you give a second pick as well if you're picking star wars can it be a second star wars movie? no <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're picking a star wars movie then something that's not a star wars movie all right hang on let me check <laughs> I, I have two Go on, then. And I can't pick. It's, it's Jurassic Park and Back to the Future. Fine choices. Fine choices. Yeah, Fine choices. I, 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 you know, I have an obvious answer for this that I always pick, which is Aliens, because Aliens is, is the perfect movie, and I will hear... Nothing. See, I'm, I'm looking, the last time we did a sci-fi list was January 2018, so I'm just going... So unless there's something that's snuck in above that since then, I'll tell you this for, you know, as, as mm. what I did. One and two were Empire and Star Wars, so yeah, you know. So uh, number three is Alien. Fine, fine choice, fine choice. It's also a ten. All these yeah. tens. <laughs> oh dear. What's your favorite foreign film, Matt? Oh fuck! You've <laughs> <laughs> seen foreign movies. Um. I'll probably have to go with Pan's Labyrinth. That one's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. It's in Spanish, Pete. I'm aware. I He's watched it without subtitles, not realizing there were subtitles. Because the discs that I got, ah, for some reason, had ah, shut ah, off. My face was just because I don't like it that much. It wasn't because I was oh, doubting the, the gotcha. authenticity gotcha. of its foreign uh, status. Let, let me see if anything else strikes to mind. Wait. Uh, Guy Ritchie counts as foreign, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cockney is basically a foreign language. Because then I have to go snatch. Because I don't know what they're saying half the time in that movie. Okay, I'll I'll, spec- I'll make this very clear. Foreign language. And no, Cockney does not count as a foreign language. <laughs> hey, what, what, what about Pikey? <laughs> Oh, that's really trying to stretch this. Yeah, it's just Pan's Labyrinth. That's that's what you go with. Um, Connor. Best films, period. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Throne of Blood. But I will will throw in a second. Is uh, that the right one? What, Throne of Blood? Yeah. It's a Kurosawa adaptation. Yeah, Samurai. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Oh, 13 Assassins is dope, too. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Did, did, did Matt just pick a Takashi Miki film? I think he did. I think he did. Yeah. It's the only one I've seen, but... Oh, man, needs to watch Itchy the Killer. He needs to watch Itchy the, the Killer right now. That, that fight scene in 13 Assassins that goes on for like 20 minutes. It's longer than 20 minutes. <laughs> oh. yeah, it's more like 45. <laughs> it's um, amazing. Yeah, the dude that lives in the forest that comes out, I've never related more to uh, a character. <laughs> he, he just wants to fight. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Diabolique. Um, mm, excellent choice. That's good too. I've seen that one too. You have seen that one. I made you watch that one. Um, yeah. No, um, it's just it's a, it's a it's a perfect thriller. It just is. It's, it's so good. Um, 
I mean, as much as I hate to give the, the, the you know, French points for something, I kind of have yeah. to here. <laughs> I kind of have to because that movie's old boy, fantastic. Old boy messed me up. Oh, old boy's great. That's great. Yeah. Old, old boy messed me up. As is sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which I know Matt hated. Yeah. <laughs> Did he? No, I really sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Did you? Yeah, that was the the brother and sister one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it switched halfway through to the other it. guy. Um, I didn't like it as much as um. Uh, sympathy? No. Sympathy. What, what's the one with the um, the secret agent that goes and terrorizes the the murderer? Oh, um, oh, I saw the devil. I saw the devil. I like that one too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a cop. I don't think it's a secret agent, but I, I knew what you meant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was, that was it's a... like special forces or something. Like he's not just a regular cop. That wasn't uh, the same director. That wasn't Chuck Chamwick Park. That was no. someone else. I can't remember off the top of my head. But old boy's in it. He he plays the killer. Yeah, he does. Yeah, the actor's there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So no, it's good. Uh, any other genres that I, f- I feel are left you're, out? You're gonna go comedy. Did we not do comedy? No. Oh, the comedy Wrong was on. Com- the, comedy was on the list. I just skipped it. Then sorry. I thought we'd done that. Oh, I was. Oh shoot. Yeah. All right, comedy then. There you go. Oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Love that one. Um. Change. <laughs> I'm thinking. I don't. I don't really watch a lot of just straight comedy. I'm actually movies. just going to my top movies on my letterbox and then see what the top comedy is. <laughs> so that's that's my tactic here. That's my tactic. Nice and easy. Uh, where are we? My two top two hundred films. There we go. Easy peasy. Oh, oh, I, I know. Yes. So it'll be a Monty Python film. Life of Brian. Well, that's the question. Is it Life of Brian or is it Holy Grail? Right. What's the other one? There's there's a third one where... And now something completely me- different? I think... No, I think it's Meaning of Life. Meaning of Life, yeah. That, yeah, that's one, that one's always well-received, but that's one of my favorite segments in it, where death comes. Yeah. And they bore, they bore death to death. Yeah. No, I yeah. think I'm... I have that sequence. I'm going to edge it to Holy Grail. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's kind of a fight between Ghostbusters and Hot Fuzz. Um, I because you, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, like I mean, mm. for for me, like typically, all my favorite comedies tend to be things that are like only half comedies because they're mixed with like more of an actual plot as opposed to you know just a straight yeah. comedy. But um, yeah, I I love those two. Yeah, I was at Ferris, so I didn't bring back up forgetting Sarah Marshall, but. <laughs> Ferris, the Hangover. I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but yeah, it still makes me laugh. Not a fan of Hangover. Uh, yeah, that do it for me. All right, and then the final one. I'll, the the final one I'll add on here, just to make Connor look bad. Matt, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, don't say Die Hard. Don't say Die Hard. Um, Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. I appreciate that pick. It gets a lot of flag for just copying the first one, but I enjoy Home Alone 2 a lot. So That brick scene, I don't <coughs> care if it makes me a sociopath. I lose it. I have lost it every year since I've seen it. It makes me laugh. Marv probably has long-standing brain damage. But, oh my God, and he has the brick indentations in his forehead for the rest of the movie. 
Oh. Joe, it's a toss up between that and Christmas Vacation do you know what I like about Home Alone 2 I like that Kevin makes the choice to intervene he doesn't have to get involved but he makes the choice to be a hero so as similar as it is to the first film the character yeah. arc for Kevin is yeah, he's he's proactive versus reactive yeah. he's very reactive in the first um, but yeah yeah So, so that, yeah, it's toss up between that and Christmas Vacation Plus, Christmas Vacation's another one tim, tim curry's fantastic in the movie as well just yes. may, may, I, may i add the, the grinch face when it yeah. when it fades into the yeah yeah that said i do feel a little bit of a shudder now when it gets to the the, the trump cameo and i'm like Ugh. well and you know why that was right oh it's this hotel <laughs> yeah and yeah. That, that was a, a thing if you wanted to shoot there he had to have a cameo <sighs> of course of course anyway uh connor well i didn't really pick one yet but um <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, in a way, I guess it's Die Hard, but I guess to make it more Christmassy. Um... Die Hard 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, because when I was a kid, it was Home Alone and Die Hard. Those were the movies that I was watching yeah. for Christmas growing up, for the most part. Um, but um, I'm going to be a little bit offbeat here, and I'm going to say Silent Night, Deadly Night. Get in. All right. <laughs> Punish! All right. Connor, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I mean, it's Die Hard by default. <laughs> because there's not really any others I like. That said, I have not seen Anna and the Apocalypse yet, so may, may, maybe that can win me over. Yes, well, why, why don't you like other Christmas films, Connor? Explain that to the audience. Because I don't give a shit about Christmas, and Christmas films are all, they're all got the same theme. And I'm, I'm bored. Because he has no soul. It's a quick answer. <laughs> I love Christmas movies. So you tell me you don't like Love Act, actually, Connor? Uh, it's it's watchable, but it's it's, uh, oh, it's far from what I would call a, a great movie. Oh man! Oh well, on that bombshell, I guess that'll wrap up the questions and this 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 shambles portion of the show before we get to actual comic book discussion. All right, so we'll start off the books this week with our, what I guess we'd call our headliner, uh, Lois Lane, issue one, Greg Rucker writing with Mike Perkins on the art. So we've got a new number one, big exciting number one to talk about, um, start of a 12-issue series. And it's very much set in the world that we're in right now in the DC Universe, although Lois does seem to be doing her own thing in terms of the plot. Because I know Connor might have been concerned that it was going to be too tied into... I actually checked with Matt, because if it was do, dealing with, you know, Event Leviathan stuff, which was maybe a sense I got in the uh, the special uh, right. about a few weeks back, whenever that was now. Uh, so I did check, you know, uh, with Matt, I was like, okay, how, how tied into it? And, you know, he said, oh, you know, it's, it's referencing, you know, the events of Superman, which is fine. Um, but if it was going to be uh, with the event itself, I probably yeah. wouldn't have bothered. Well, no, instead it's dealing with lots of real world stuff like pretty blatantly yeah. um you know we we have it's it's a rucka book yeah I, I got to the end i was like why was i surprised yeah we have a death of a journalist uh in a foreign nation we have you know uh the white house representative uh being you know basically charged that by a lois in a, in a questioning way um at one point and calling out the bullshit and all the lies um, and there is some stuff which, with Clark and, and whatnot. Yeah, which which from from all the political stuff I, I consume, that that is how 
you're supposed to, you know, the press is supposed to, to be, you know, the fourth estate, right? Like they hold are supposed to hold people accountable. Whereas now news has kind of just become a, an arm of whatever political party. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so the fact that Lois is, is trying to do what the press should do that when a, a white house correspondent tries to shut you down, you know, you pick up, Someone else picks up that question. Yeah, and she got yeah. uh, she got kicked out and uh, and yeah. blacklisted and barred from coming back in. And that happened to someone a couple of years ago now, right? Yeah, it was a big, was uh, a big the, story at the time. Yeah, um, the guy from CNN, Jim Jim yeah. Costa. Yeah, yeah, that was it. But for basically doing this, for it to be like, well, no, you need to answer these questions. You know, we're you know. Yeah. So uh, so I like that. I like that Rucka puts in journalism and how it's quote supposed to act and what it's supposed to do instead of, you know, it's the whole tail wagging the dog thing, right? You know, now, now they're being jerked around and yeah, because they're so afraid of being seen as picking a side when what they should be on the side is, is, I don't want to say truth because that's you know in this day and age. It's I think it's, the the default position for a journalist is the opposite yeah. position of whoever you're interviewing. Right. Like no matter who, it, even if you personally happen to agree with them, the default position of when you're questioning should be right. Let's scrutinize that so you take the opposite right. angle and and kind of prod at them to get the answers. That's just right. how it's supposed to work. That's not what Trump mm-hmm. likes. So he wants softballs. He wants a nice well, and easy little well, because he's a moron. And that's what we- <laughs> well, and now, and see, this is where the real world's going to bleed into this stuff, because with the day and age of the news now, they're afraid of being shut down because they're afraid of losing ratings. When originally news is never about ratings, yeah, you know, uh, but with the proliferation of of social media and clicks and. Oh, that's all they care about now. Yes. And it so talks they... about some presidential tweets, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah, they're, not, they're not mincing about what they're really talking about here. Yeah. I I do love that Lois, uh, at one point, could just publish things on Daily Planet's website uh, by herself without any editorial oversight. And she's upset that Perry took her publish button away. He's like, and for good reason, you should be thankful whether you're spelling errors. Did you did you <laughs> disable um, autocorrect? You can goes, you can do that. Yeah, you can turn it off. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I did love the idea that Perry's like, look, it's not even about the story. You publish whatever story you want, but please send right. it to someone for proofreading first. Yeah, <laughs> send it to a copy editor first. And I love how he's like, bludgeon is not spelled with two O's. She's just like, isn't it? And, and I love that this is, and I don't know how long this has been going on about Lois being a bad speller. It's from at yeah. least the original movie because that's a, the jo- there's a yeah, joke in yeah. the original movie about it. I don't know if that started it, but it's definitely. Maybe, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like it's it's been so long now that it's just but a core feature. Much like her purple eye color, I like how it's become an intrinsic, like Lois Lane. Do, do you know feature. what I like about the spelling thing? Is ever because it actually happens in a couple of books this because it happens in uh, Up in the Sky as well. Yeah. Um, where they meant she'll, she'll she'll say oh how many of this letter in this word, and I I then, I then look at the word and go where does she think the second one is and I'm looking at it because yeah. because I'm looking at bludgeon I'm going maybe it's at the end she thinks it's like you know bludgeon no no, no, no she thinks no. it's b l o o o but oh as in like, like blood like bludgeon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So that's what fine. I love. It, the, because the she's doing it phonetically. Though, collusion only has one U. Where's the second U in collusion? 
Yeah. Well, I think that's maybe at the end. It's, it's, it's like the IOU, yeah. and I think that's what she thinks. Yeah. Right. Okay. Collusion. <laughs> right. Okay. It just shows how how ass backwards English language can be at times. You know. But it, I just sometimes I can't comprehend to be in a bad speller of that degree because I can't figure out how do you misspell it that badly like i can't understand because yeah, for the record I, w- I would classify myself as not a good speller right there's certain words that no matter how many times i've had to look up to check the spelling when i'm putting them in a, in a document or whatever i still don't remember how to spell them do, do you know what i learned last week what Mal- maltesers only has the one a at the start it's you know malt and then it's it's not ea like as in you know like the it's word tease it's just no it's just one e M-A-L-T-E-S. And I know, because I, you know, I was putting them out of work and we, we update on, on, you know, on our list and, and someone went, oh, how do you spell it? And I went, oh, you know, I, I said, you know, multi, uh, E-A. And they went, no, it's not. And I went, of course it is, you know. And, and they're like, no, computer's telling me it's wrong. I'm like, well, computer's changed shit. Oh, oh, Matt, Matt. The computer was saying it was wrong. And I was like, computer's chatting shit. It's not. And I went and checked um, the bag. No, you ever... You ever type out words and then it just looks wrong, but autocorrect's not picking it up, and you're like, "That's how you spell that?" <laughs> I can't think of any. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but yeah, um, uh. yeah. For for the life of me, what one day I will remember to how actually to spell restaurant, but today's not that day. The the one that gets me <laughs> is is annihilation. I always think there's a, an a an a and an h at the beginning. Um. But yeah. Yeah, nah, yeah. It was H later, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, dear, I don't know. But yeah, lots of terms. So she has her deep throat uh, conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's she's sending deep throat on. And don't worry, this looked like a question of, of sorts. Um, but yeah. they saved the reveal till later that it worked. Which question it is. And again, it's Rucka. Why are we surprised? I know. I, I mean, that's true. But she she wants information because the uh, the journalist who died kept like you know backups of her stuff and whatnot. Uh, in yeah, Russia. we should talk about the, and, the, the journalist who died. Mention it's a Russian. Yeah, as you know, um, you know, they're saying, oh, you know, it looked like a, a suicide. I think was what they were claiming. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, oh, she's been depressed on the official record, but um, but, but she was actually bad mouth in the Kremlin. So three guesses. And, what and actually a suicide happened. doesn't look like you were thrown out a window. Suicide has a very different look. Um, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Fell down an elevator shaft onto some bullets. Yep. It's an accident. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Hard Clark have a have a because uh, there's a reference at the start with the with the uh, the maid, who you know says, "Oh, have you, you only have company later." And she's like, "No, I'm a married woman." He's like, "Yeah, but you had that one kiss." So it's referencing the kiss that's been going around the news and yeah. Superman in action. And later on, some guy calls Lois a slut when she's walking with Clark, and Clark's obviously not very happy about it. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like that you're getting all this shit for this. Um, right. And no one says anything about him. No one says anything nope. about Superman. It's all about you. So, Rock is well, not... she goes, yeah, because I'm a woman. Yeah, Rock is and not that's... afraid to shy away from, from yep. talking about this. So, um... I, I did want Superman to tie that dude's truck in. I don't know if he has a truck, but I wanted Clark to tie his, his truck into a pretzel. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I bet you did. I mean... I think I like it because her reaction to it is obviously she's not happy about it, but she has this different attitude to him because she's at some level used yeah. to this, just used yeah. to yeah. how she's treated. And whereas for him, it's like this like sh- culture shock almost of like, wait, what? People yeah. speak to you this way? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. So. It's it's an enlightening to or an enlightenment to Clark. Yeah. So sure enough, Rene question is in Moscow and beats the show of the uh, the Kremlin's bad guys who are trying to find yep. the uh, the info. Um, and yeah. I I also love the part where Perry is basically telling Lois is like, look, I know you're you, you have your Pulitzers. I know you're Lois Lane, but I care about you on a personal level, and I think you dig too deep right now. It's a different time. Um, so I like that Perry, I love that relationship there. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah, he's the news editor and he wants to break stuff, but he m- cares about Lois more than he, he cares about He doesn't want his reporters at risk. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, and I, I, I love Renee's introduction here, actually. She sort of like comes up behind him and she was dark, it's night, it's the forest, we get the, just the, the silhouette mm. of the hat and she just says, wrong question. Um, yep. But I mean, she's like, oh, my Russian's not very great, so <laughs> that might not have been exactly my catchphrase. <laughs> Done my best. Done my best. Uh, and then the scene at the end is the one we talked about with uh, Lois in the White House getting kicked out. Um, but of course, she does get all the other journalists to continue the same line of questioning. So she achieves yeah. kind of the the upset that she was looking for, yeah. uh, in a way. So, uh, and that's the end of the book. It's her walking, you know, head held high from the White House. Um, so I think it's pretty clear that the sort of issues we're facing in this book what Rook is wanting to explore even if the obviously we're going to be you know looking into whatever this journalist in russia uh, had uncovered but yeah. you know outside of that we don't really know exactly what the plot's leading us in this book but it, it's it's the lowest lane book i've wanted for ages so yeah. Yeah, i'm, I'm super happy are you so enthusiastic carter you feel it yeah, yeah, no, I'm into it. I've, I've been positive on everything in this conversation. Thank you very much. I'm just asking because you were being quiet. I was. No, no, but you you said it in a in a way that implied that I've been positive all this conversation, uh, negative all this conversation. Oh, I you were. I said I implied you were positive all this conversation. Just like you just said, yes, exactly. Shut up. It's a slip of the tongue, and you know it. <sighs> no such thing. So, um, <laughs> what about the art? What about the thing I'm gonna make Perkins art? Uh... Pretty good. Yeah, it's, no, it's nice and moody. I, I like the moodiness of it. It's it's not like I, I like Perkins a lot. I think he's a very dependable artist of this style. I think that he's 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 like a really solid like eight out of ten artist for me. Well, you know, I, yeah. I, I I will think he knocks it out of the park the same way that like uh, I'm a leave would have done this book or yeah. You know. I think he suffers on the odd facial reaction. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all, all the work with all the stuff with his shadows is phenomenal. But uh, yeah. there's the odd face that just looks a bit funny and. I think in a book like this, that does matter more than some others. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, what are you giving it? I'm giving it a nine. Nine. Connor. Yeah. I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to be a coward and give it an 8.5. So uh, uh, That's where I can decide what to do. 8.5 or nine. <laughs> I, don't, I want to edge above. 8.5. That's very good. It's very, very good. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's Lois Lane, which will take us on to Deceased, Issue 3, Tom Taylor writing with Trevor Hearsign on the art. So, how did Tom Taylor... Oh, let's play his jingle. Hold on. Hold on. Tom Taylor. So, how did he break our hearts this week? Um, you know, this book read so quickly. It, you know, it, like, it was over before but I knew it. That's, yeah. that's my biggest problem, is the pacing... Ugh. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's. I mean, I, think, I would typically say it's. I mean, yeah. if you feel that there's no story advancement, I guess you could argue it's a bad thing. But ultimately, but I do feel the the story gets 
advanced him here because we see the fallout from the last issue. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of um, you know, if you watch a movie and the time goes in quick, you never doubt it and say, "Oh, I didn't like that because yeah. it, it felt like it was over too quick." Like, yeah, I think it's different in comics because you get in one chunk a month and you go, "Am I getting my money's worth?" You know, mm. uh, is is why people typically question it more in comics. But, but yeah, so Alfred's like leaving the corpses of all the the bat people his boys <laughs> his boys oh it's so sad um and he's fly he's blasting zombies with rockets he's you know alfred's you know, doing his whole thing um harley is running from joker grabs a shotgun and mm. blasts shot uh, blasts joker in the abdomen like, that's him um and then she's like it was it says that was the most cathartic thing ever yeah <laughs> yeah Here's here's my main problem with with this, is as a as a Barbara Gordon fan, I'd like to think that she would have she wouldn't have gone down so quick yeah. to this virus. I mean, you say that, but Bruce went down. It's not like it's knocking but, her. She's a techie. She would have been on her phone or something. She'd have been one of the first to go because she wouldn't have seen it coming. What I think's I interesting know. is that she has her Burnside costume when the when the Burns yeah. of Prey shot with Catwoman here and they're all zombified. Um, yeah. you know, it's interesting. No, obviously no but Black Canary because she's with uh, Green Arrow, but Batwoman's there, well, Catwoman's there. Yeah. Or sorry, Green Canary yeah. now, yes. Yeah, uh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um and then Harley's all I guess we're hunting we're, we're hunting we're birds. Bird hunting. Yeah. yeah. Uh very good. Uh, but then we get to the emotion, the, the real emotion of the, the issue, where Damien's just sitting and brooding, and John tries to talk to him. And the supervisor's talking to Lois, he's just like, you know what, he's his father's son, he'll he'll find a way to get past this, because that's what Bruce does. He'll, he'll persevere. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But I do love that John goes up to him, just so he doesn't have to be alone. Yeah. It's like, I know you don't want to talk right now, but I want to be here with you. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a very nice sentiment. And if I didn't know any better, I would say Tom Taylor really doesn't like the Bat family because it's Alfred and, and Damien now, and that's it. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I feel like he probably does love the Bat family because he did do that Father's Day oh. issue. I mean, no, I know. I'm, I'm being <laughs> yeah. facetious. But this but... is the whole thing where people used to say, oh, but he didn't like Superman because he did Injustice. Yeah. I was like, yeah. clearly he does. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this issue like, you know, is, is mainly Superman-focused from this point on, because Superman yeah. needs to go back to, you know, Smallville. He's going to clear the building first, and, like, yeah, we, so we see him running around grabbing people, and he, he blocks this one of the entranceways to the building with the Daily Planet globe, and, you know, it's, it's all this stuff. But So we, we follow him. We do cut to Atlantis first, though, uh, where uh, Garth is, uh, is doing fine at first, but then, then Aquaman comes storming in, uh, with all the zombified sharks, and as soon as the blood in the water touches Garth, that's it, it's over. He's yeah. When it when they inhale it, it's yeah. like okay, that's in the system now. Yeah. Uh, so what gets me is is Mara, basically getting on him about not being able to hold it back. She's like, "Well, your name is Tempest. You live up, live up to your name." Yeah. Um, yeah. And from now on, your superhero name will be Mild Weather Event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor Mara. She, she's left on her own again. This is like, yeah. I feel like every Aquaman story recently, she's been left to like fend for herself. Yeah. Yeah. But she's fine. Luckily, she can just push all the blood away from her in the water because she can just, you know, water bending. Keep... Exactly. You know, yeah. That's very true. Very true. Uh, Clayface is infected. He's just a big blob. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, tentacles everywhere. It's grabbing into the helicopter with uh, Black Lightning and his family. 
Yeah, yeah. So so they're they're still alive for now. He's, Superman's directed them to Daily Planet, so they're they're going to go on their way. Yeah. Um, and and this whole thing with Superman is he's constantly right. I need to go home, but he can't ignore all these people on his way. Yeah, he can't he, just let them go and go and deal with his own problem. He has uh, to stop and help everyone. Of course. So he eventually gets to Smallville, and we get the the shocking revelation that Martha's okay, but Jonathan isn't. Jonathan got turned, and Martha had to lock him in the barn. So Superman has <sighs> to go in. And just, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't necessarily love her signs art, but I will say I do love the completely silhouette uh, of Clark walking in the, the barn. Uh, mm. and you just see the S on his chest. Uh, I really like that panel. Um, but, you know, he goes in, it's very, this is actually, I mean, obviously there's a lot of references to horror movies and the covers and the variants and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but this is very Evil Dead having the door on the ground, the, the trap door, yeah. the, the padlock. Yeah. Uh, and Superman opens it and. Jonathan's just a zombie. Yeah, and he goes to reach at him, and, and Clark just Moves basically his head out of the way, right? Yeah. At first. Oh, rough times. Yeah, like, to... I, I thought that the heart attack death for Pa Kent was bad. <laughs> this is worse. Yeah, and he has it is, to. It's, it's Clark just being too late and knowing he can't do anything now. Yeah. Yeah, he has to weld the door shut with his heat vision. So he comes out, he's like, no, nope, sorry, mommy's gone. We have to go. Uh, and that's the end of the issue. He flies off with Martha. Uh, and it's, the issue was called Red Sea, which is yeah. <laughs> brutal. So yeah, it was a super quick read. Um, but It was, but everything in it was fantastic. Yeah, I enjoyed every single page. And, you know, it's and it's one of these fun things you can do with the Elseworlds where you can, you can just do all these wacky things and just not worry about it or care that they're killing people left yeah, and right. Yeah, because why not, right? Yeah. Um, I will say on the variant, I get that they're, they're picking like horror movies that Warner Brothers own, but the none really. Yeah. No, so my shop. Yeah. So I, I've been getting these uh, the horror movie ones because the first two have looked really good, and my shop didn't order any of these because they didn't think anybody would buy them. Uh, so. Nah, I think yeah. the fourth one's The Conjuring. Um. So we'll see. That's the one yeah. shot, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's the one shot. Sorry, that's just. That's what I thought. I know it's coming up soon. Yeah, it's the one shot because it's the deceasing. You're right. You're right. right. You're so right. Yeah. Um, I I can't wait to see what five and six are though. They're they're variants. I I want to know what movies they're going to pick. What? Yeah. What 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 horror movies do they have that they haven't used yet? You know. Well, it's Warner Brothers with New Line. Uh, They've already used Freddy. They've already done two Conjuring Universe movies. I mean, they Mm -hmm. could just keep going down that path and do like annabelle and well the first yeah the first one was was the nightmare yeah what was the second one i'm trying to remember get get googling get googling um that's gonna bug me uh but i mean i think they technically still own the rights to some of friday the 13th so they could do something with that yeah i'm I'm just looking at what new line have because it says shorter list yeah Looks like they've, they've at some point distributed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That'd be a good one. I don't think Warner owned that now, though. I, I don't think they have that. Yeah. Because none of the recently like, Blu-rays or DVDs or anything like that have been from... Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street? They did that one. Oh, we did that one, yeah, you're right. That was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That was the really good uh, Ivy one. Just looking for anything that's particularly notable. See if anything jumps out. You see what issue two is yet, Matt? What movie it was? I'm forgetting. No, I I clicked on the wrong link. I'm looking right now. 
<laughs> oh, I know it's bugging me now. Hey. Yeah, no, my God, this computer. Yeah. When I'm on, I'm accessing Skype. It. Uh... Yeah, yeah they did do that. Jason goes. Oh, it was the it one. Of course. I think it was number one. Uh, Nightmare was number two. Yeah, that makes more you know, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yep. yeah. it so. was like one of the first images released for it. Yep. Yeah. So I have those two, and now I just have a regular cover for three, but I think that's okay. Because um, it's the nun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, obviously they do on uh, Exorcist, so I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see that be one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, who do they have standing there where the, where the priest usually stands on the poster? Alfred. With the hat. Yeah, it could be Alfred. Yeah. Alfred with the suitcase. Yeah. That'd work. There you go. There you go. Um, but no, uh, Deceased is very good. Uh, we still don't know the, 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 the identity of the narrator. Um, I think the, the winning favourite right now is John. An older John Kent. Uh, talking about or the Or Damien, maybe. Yeah. Could be. Um, I'm expecting one of the kids, though. Just because... It feels like it makes yeah. sense. It feels like it's, it's right. But yeah. I could be completely wrong, though. Of course. The horror variant for four is Final Destination with the Teen Titans. It doesn't look good. Eek. Um, and that they, uh, that's as far as it'll go. The DC's Good Day to Die, uh, Connor's uh, the deceased name. Yeah, that's the best one yet. Yeah. All right, well, what are we, uh, we rating this issue then, Matt? I'm going to give this one an uh, eight. Connor? 8.5. I will... I'll give it an 8. So, there you go. Deceased issue 3. Which takes us on to Justice League issue 27. James Tain in the fourth rating with Bruno Redondo and Javier Fernandez on the art. So, this follows up uh, Jean being kidnapped by what looked like Lionel Luther. Although it was in uh-huh. fact a, a robot created by Dr. Ivo who has been working on tech and wants to create this this apex predator, which is a fusion between right. Martian and human. And we got amazos all over the place this this issue. Um, yeah, but the kind of half-baked amazos. Yeah, half-baked. Not, not quite amazos. Yeah. All right-os. <laughs> yeah, all right-os. Meh-os. Yeah. Um... And then we, we have Hot Girl eventually shows up and sort of helps him fight. But, you know, it's, it's Jean remembering these, these tests that were done on him as a kid uh, by Lionel. And, uh, and, and this stuff's fine. But it's mm-hmm. definitely not the interesting side of the plot, is it? Well, I believe you're referring to looking for monitors. <laughs> I, I believe I am. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Justice League, uh, find the monitor. Um, and, you know, they, they reiterate some stuff about, you know, crises and, you know, uh, yeah. there was lots of monitors because there were so many Earths and it, it kind of split up to do that. But he's kind of, since since the, the Dark Multiverse has popped back in, he's he's reformed into one person again. Um, Intriguing. Intriguing yeah. stuff. And then, they, you know, they reference, like- all, you know, let's say they're, they're referencing the previous crises. And, and he's like, hey, hey, you know, Barry Allen, you, you, you of all of them should feel the echoes. You know, the, the chill of death. And it, yeah, and we get like a little tease of him dying in Crisis, which yeah, and him kind of having like that déjà vu of of remembering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, déjà vu indeed. Um, 
Yeah, no, this was this was fun. I, I will say the page where they all arrive uh, on this planet, or just the page we first see them. You know, with uh, uh, what what's his face? Um, World Forger. No, the other one. Is it the World Forger? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. I was doubting, for some reason I was doubting myself. Um, yeah, so World Forger. Yeah, because yeah, the other one's the Animonor. Uh, <laughs> duh. Um, <laughs> Uh, I will say, I think the art in that page looks pretty bad. Do you think? It, it's kind of scratchy. The head, I, sketchy. I, I, Superman's, like, body shape is really weird to me. Is that a weird angle? It's, it's like... Sure if it's a weird shape. It's like a toy where the, the chest and arms are one piece and they've been slotted onto, like, an abdomen, which is like a piece that it slots on top of. But because of that, the abdomen looks much thinner. The, than yeah. the rest of the body feels as um uh, flashy's head feels a bit off wonder woman's head feels a bit off i don't know i just think that page looks a bit rough i i, I give you superman's body i don't agree on flash or wonder woman's heads those look fine to me need an eye test maybe connor join me and matt yeah. in the, the spectacle race my eyes are fine the one panel that got me, and I don't know if that's what they were going for, is that the, when the monitor says they have to go to Quard, he yeah. looks sinister. He does. Um, he looks sinister, and Quard's a, a fun one, because um, I don't know if it originated here, but I'm assuming it did just because it's so early, but uh, Quar you actually get Quard in the first few issues of the uh, your Silver Age Green Lantern. That's when they first... Before they even introduced mm -hmm. Anti-Monitor, they introduced Quard and the Anti-Monitor-verse. Yeah. So that's fun stuff. Um... But yeah, so that that's where they're going. Um, but yeah, yeah, and the Mo the monitor even before that though, he looks really sort of sad and pathetic. Like he's really out of it. Yeah, well, because yeah. Nil is all destroyed, and Nil was the 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 monitor. I guess you could say control room. Um, mm. that that Morrison introduced in Final Crisis, and after so. And and you you say oh yo, he has kind of given up. He's like, well, what's even the point in fighting them? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Perpetua's too strong. She's already getting stronger. What, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, Atom keeps having dinosaur issues in the lab because they're messing with the things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love you know the the panel of Superman being inspiring to to the monitor. Yeah. Yeah. With the the suns coming in from behind him. You know. And, you know. You know the, the the hope that together we might make a difference. Yeah. So no, they're experimenting. Mira runs off to help, and it leaves uh Jean and. Kendra's kid, Shane. Shane, Shane. There you go. Uh, with Wonder Man. Um, Starman. Sorry, Starman. Starman. Yeah. Why did I say Wonder Man? My my head's away with it today. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Man's not even a DC character. <laughs> no, not close. Um, do you know what it is? It, I I think it's just the the outfit. The outfit's just a bit lame. And I thought lame. I thought Wonder Man. You know. That's just that's what it is. That's my that's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. Um. Anyway, yeah. So so he ends up cheering the kid up and being like, "Hey, you, you know, why don't you come help me with uh, what I'm doing? You know, you're you're not supposed to exist. And that makes you kind of special, and and you know, whatever." Yeah. But the kid's all happy. Um. But yeah. So so Jean uh is is going after Ivo and destroying Amazo's left and right. 
Um, but they end up getting a message at the end of the issue from Lex Luthor, you know, because Kendra's actually doubting that he's alive. He's like, no, Jean, leave this obsession go. But then they get because yeah, a... Ivo doesn't seem to think he is either. Yeah, but a little robot comes down and does a hologram, and it's Lex's voice, and he's he's giving uh, an offer to Jean. He's like, hey, you could have me. I'll give you me. Um, of course, Lex is going to have a motive. He's got he's got an ulterior he wants motive. Something in return mm-hmm. because he's Lex Luthor, and that's how his yeah. mind works. Um, but that is uh, how the issue ends. Um, this was a relatively solid issue. I think, I think the stuff with with you know Mezo and you know Jean was entertaining enough. The stuff with the monitor was interesting. Um, none of it set my world on fire. You know, it's it's, it's a very it was a solid read. I did not have a bad time reading it, but it didn't exactly get me super excited either. I don't know how. No, I happen to agree. I think I I perked up a bit when we were talking about crises and you know the echoes of remembering. Uh, everything else it was it was solid it was it was uh you know kind of by the numbers for this stage of the story kind of moving things along setting up the next bit of the investigation for every, you know for the different threads um but it wasn't anything mind-blowing it wasn't any huge big things you know yeah i, I like this over shane and starman though because of i feel like shane's gonna be important with this perpetual stuff later yeah because uh, the what he's setting up here is he's the opposite of doom. He is hope personified. He's that he's a possibility of what could happen. And it's what you decide to do with that. You know? So it's, it's almost like this free will thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that that's being seated here. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so I, I thought the art was really inconsistent in this issue. Uh, having the two artists probably, some, didn't help no yeah, something to do with that more than anything um yeah so a bit uneven on the art side but um not a bad issue overall to read uh matt what are you giving it i'm a 7.5 the art is a little bit of a hang-up but other than that i, I did like the story Connor? uh straight seven yeah i'm going with a straight seven well that'll take us on then to the green lantern issue nine grant morrison writing liam sharp on the art uh connor's on solo for this so Oh, this was a biggie. So, we introduce a whole new superhero team in, in this issue. Because we start um, just with this like catastrophic, catastrophic event going on in space, and you know different heroes coming and responding and, and trying to help. Um, a bunch of them die, and it's going really badly. And then uh, we cut away to uh, Throne World. Uh, which was, I think that was uh, the home of one of the, the Starmen. Yeah, Starman from the, the 80s, 90s. Uh, you're talking about the um, Mikhail? Uh, the blue one? No, no, the, the alien prince, dude. Yeah, oh! Um, there are so many of them. It begins with a G, I'm forgetting his name. Oh, I'm going to look this up. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm sure it's that. And it's uh, the, the, the headquarters of the United Planet Superwatch. And... So I, I did a little check on, because all these members, I'm like, okay, I don't recognize any of these members. Who the hell are they? Because um, this is Morrison, so he hasn't just invented 20-odd characters for the sake of this. He's gone and dug them all up. And it's from like old Silver Age issues, mostly of, of Green Lantern. And um, So like he did with the last one. Yeah, yeah, but this is, all of them are now formed this, uh, basically, some of them had like one issue to them. Some of them apparently like, they only showed up for like one or two panels, 
ever. And the idea is that, okay, after those adventures, they actually went off and all of them formed this uh, superhero team, uh, the cosmic superhero team. So instead of just having space cops uh, with the the Green Lantern Corps, we've actually got a, a space superhero squad now in present day, as opposed to you know the, the Legion in the future. So the, the character you're talking about is Prince Gavin. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, Michael Thomas is the, the other blue alien guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. Um, so already, like this was a huge. This is like the first like four or five pages of this issue, which are you know fantastically rendered. Um, I should say the first page in They're particular sharp. is is gorgeous. The the colors as well. Um, oh man, um, there's there's something else. Um, but yeah, so we've got a new superhero team, which was cool. Uh, and then we cut away to the uh, planet Athmora. And there is a, an evil um, sky wizard called uh, Abanazur, um, kind of causing some problems. And Hal is there dressed up in like medieval kind of knight armor. Uh, he is um, referred to as Sir Hal of the Lantern um, because. His ring doesn't work properly on this planet. There's something that interferes with with the energy on this planet. Probably so magic. Probably, yeah. It's it's just inconsistent. It's not like it doesn't work entirely, but he can't rely mm-hmm. on it. So he's in like armor. He's got an actual sword. Uh, there are all these you know flying beasts going on, and and they're having these fights, and uh, it's fantastic. And you know, the, you know, we're having this this fight. He's riding a dragon kind of thing, and he's having this fight with Abanazor. And it turns out, it's like, hang on, you kind of recognize him. Abin Azor is Abin Sur. Mm-hmm. And, but he's, he's not talking, he's attacking, and you're like, what's going on? Um, Hal, Hal does beat him uh, with a, a fantastically rendered uh, sequence with, with uh, you know, Green Lantern swords. And um, it turns out he's, been, he's got this uh, like pendant on. And when he takes him off, uh, when, he, when he takes it off, he kind of recovers. He's, he's back to normal. Uh, the pendant has the Black Star logo on it, so they're still in play. Uh, the controllers are still kind of messing with things, it seems. But um, this Abinsur kind of talks. It's like, oh, you know, you know, your Green Lantern of Earth Zero. That you know, this is who I was sent to find. Um, and it turns out he, he's uh, from Earth. 20 i think it was um it's the magic earth right uh it might be i can't remember which earth is which i'll be honest there's there's a lot of different things in this issue that kind of come together so um mm-hmm. forgive me uh but um it, he talks about you know how the the league at the start the Superwatch sent out like an sos they needed help um uh, and it turns out it's um, you know he is he is risen the Mad Lantern uh, from the Reverse Verse, which is what uh, Morrison Offer refers to as the the antimatter universe, uh, yeah, uh-huh. uh, the Quaman, um, and it's this kind of huge demonic half human half cyborg thing, uh, and it just it talks in you know it talks in reverse, kind of Zatanna style. But the the lettering is unique. It's like one word per bubble. It's you know, big yellow. It sticks out. You know, it's you know death, hate, you know pain, kill, and it is it looks phenomenal. And uh, Abinso's like, you know, oh, well, you know, we must draw him away from this planet. It's it's you he wants, you know, Jordan. You know, and then he shouts out SOS. And 
uh, if you remember from Multiversity, this was a thing Morrison set up in Multiversity where if you shouted out SOS, you know, with enough will and, and desire, uh, someone from the multiverse would come and help you. They would appear to help you. Um, and so he's he's actually calling on the guardians of the multiverse uh, to try and get help. Um, and that's our, our final panel is, is three lanterns showing up. Uh, one's uh, kind of Hal Jordan with a kind of like a torch flashlight lantern. Uh, one is a Batman one. And one is uh, a guy I don't recognize uh, at all. Sorry uh, on that one. Um, these, uh, I'm not sure what that one is. Um, but that's the end of it. Like, okay, you know, there's all these uh, different lanterns. The multiverse lanterns are, are here now. Uh, presumably going straight into the next one because it'll be, okay, you know, Hal's going with them. Uh, so that'll be kind of great. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Uh, this issue was fantastic. Again, very dense. These issues are uh, always particularly dense. Um, this one played into Sharp's strengths even more than ever with all the, you know, the sword and shield stuff, um, but also you know, all the, the the flying creatures, the dragons, the, the kind of the bird things uh, looked amazing, um, really. And you know, I'm down for a new superhero team in space. Uh, I, I'm happy to. You know, if we come back to them and and see them more, and that'd be cool, because uh, mm -hmm. we don't really have that. You know, like I say, we got the Legion in the future, but we don't have anything, uh, you know, present day uh, in terms right. of heroes. Just just the cops. So the um, Earth twenty is the pulp Earth. Ah, okay. That uh, we saw in multiverse. Um, so the Abin Sir. He looks like the devil, right? Yeah. The horns. Yeah, yeah. High collar. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, this this was great. Um, this is the sort of stuff that I think Matt would probably love if he was reading it still. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is Morrison doing his full continuity multiversity stuff, but not. It's not convoluted. It's it's actually really, by Morrison standards, very simple. And, you know, it's a straight through line here. It's not jumping around. It's not kind of pulling the rug out from under you. It's just traditional reveals, but it's just doing it in, in Morrison's continuity right. love style. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this a, an 8.5. Uh, this was fantastic. We're here. All right. We'll move on. I don't know why I came up with so much attitude there. I was just... I don't know. I'm ready to go. What can I say? Uh, we're going to be voting Batgirl36 on a week one, which is weird. It got pushed from last week. Uh, oh, Matt, your mate's going again. Uh, is this the, the last issue of... of I, I think it is, because it's the end of an arc, and I feel like we're... You know, given when yeah. solicits are, it feels like the time. I wasn't sure if there was, like, one more epilogue issue, but, mm. I mean, with the way this ends, it didn't feel like it. No, so no. Mick Red Scott uh, rating with... Uh, Paul Pelletier on the art and you know she's getting out the trap with the, the, the trio and the issue for the first two thirds of it is basically they're burning the place down because they want to kill all the witnesses that they they failed so spectacular so so Batgirl's having to try and break everyone out fight the bad guys and get away and, and save everyone at the same time and save everyone but remember who they are so she can actually you know pull them up for the crimes because they are criminals that's why they're here yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so she's chuckling all this. Um, I actually, you know, I actually quite liked a couple of the beats in this. Uh, you know, um, uh, you know, the shark dude, like, 
he, yeah. he gets hurt and he can't you know she, she's actually gotten everyone else outside you know by the time that like we were ending this part because obviously vulture she's been fighting a lot because vulture's the, the proper evil one yeah um fox is a bit cowardly and just kind of is like well you're going to let me die right so you're going to save me okay great <laughs> and he runs for it um but you know she tries to get shark up but he's too heavy and she's like well you're gonna have to answer that i can't and he actually pushes her out of the building as, as stuff mm-hmm. falls on top of him and killing him uh and it goes a bit on the nose with it afterwards where she kind of like questions you know was that like some sort of atonement you know was he trying to like redeem himself in the last moment was it like you know who he really was inside kind of thing but the, the moment itself worked for me i was like oh that was kind of sweet all right yeah yeah so, yeah it was nice uh so I, like, I like that ha- have we seen shark do much actual killing um because obviously they're, they're all you know ruthless business people and we know vulture was a bit yeah. out there but hmm. uh you know fox and shark seemed a little bit kind of horrified by vulture you know eating yeah. the, the, the the skull before yeah um so yeah. It, it didn't feel like they were out and out killers they kind of expected Batgirl to kind of probably get well away with she's it. vulture's not letting any loose ends go that's why it's you know it's it was i i hope we get more of this because i want to know who vulture is because there seems to be a familiarity with babs mm. or at least Batgirl. you know what i mean yeah yeah um, then the, the last the chunk of the book is is mainly clearing up the other stuff. She gets her stuff from uh, you know Thingy's apartment. What's his name? Bard. Bard. Thank you. Um, and you know she gets her stuff. Uh, Canary set her up with a at an apartment. Uh, our landlady's kind of a kind of a old timey person who's always angry, but that's okay. Um, and she, you know, she's got a new place. So it's, it's kind of set her up in a, a, a relatively fresh status quo. Yeah, and she's in the Narrows now, so she's kind of back in the thick of it instead of yeah. in Burnside, you know, like the, the nicer area. Yeah. Get out of that hipster place. <laughs> yeah. We're getting great back girl now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. And, and you know, the, the tech company, she's kind of like, do you know what? Maybe, maybe this isn't what I was meant to be doing anyway. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it really feels like this is wiping the, the slate clean for, for the next writer. And it's not so much that this was even Meerkat Scott who set a lot of this stuff up. I mean, obviously the plots that she's been going through are, but yeah. the tech company is something that's been sticking around for ages now. Like, yeah, that's... Well, that came yeah. from the move to Burnside. Yeah. Yeah, well, this, this kind of feels like the end of the Burnside chapter. I know I know, it kind of felt a little bit different lately anyway. You know, yep. we've been having different costume stuff, but this does feel like the definitive end of the Burnside saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm okay uh, with that because, you know, I mean, yeah. I've enjoyed it since Rebus started. I think Batgirl's been a yeah. relatively solid book. As long, uh, as long as she doesn't defeat people using QR codes, we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just a case of, you know, will Castellucci be, you know, will yeah. she be good uh, at writing Babs? So hopefully we'll find out uh, next next issue. But um, I, my complaints about that are just the same as usual. I think, I think Pelletier's faces are a bit weird, especially that that yeah. last page where Batgirl's like coming towards us, and it's like the big full page spread, and she's like, "I've got hope for the future," and I'm like, "Oh, your face." <laughs> yep, I hear you on that one. Yeah, I just I don't, I just don't dislike his faces as much as you do for whatever reason. <laughs> like, I'm not getting hope from this, Babs. I'm getting like utter horror, horror. disfigurement, <laughs> disfigurement of your face. She's smiling. She's swinging. She's happy. Aye, some serial killers smell before they gut you as well. It doesn't change the fact that it's horrifying. <sighs> I give up. Give up. We won't have to argue about this next issue. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll get a new team on next issue. Um, yeah, but I liked all the beats that they played out. I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of like deep analysis for this one. It's just kind of, uh, it does what it does. Um, it very much is a okay. We're we're kind of at the end here. Let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah. I say two thirds of the issue are wrapping up the the ongoing plot, which is. 
really good stuff for the most part. And then the, the last few pages are okay, clean slate. It's very, you know, there's nothing particularly strong with the emotional beats of it. It's just, uh, okay, logistically, we're, we're, this is where we need to be. Well, well, I was surprised, though. that The moment with Shark that I was saying about how, you know, him pushing her out of the way actually kind of, you know, it was kind of a touching little moment. It's like, I think I'm so impressed with that because I don't think I ever expected that given, you know, up until this point with this, you know, theatre arc that we've had with these characters. I don't think I ever expected, like, oh, why don't we have a poignant little moment where they kind of, you know, turn on your leaf yeah. before death? I never really expected anything like that. So, yeah, credit where yeah. credit is due. Um, anything else before we add before we, before we rate? No? Uh, no, I'd say uh, as Scott's thing is, you know, not been a long run, but I mean... Not two or three arcs has been, yeah. Yeah, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, no, there was... There was um, it, I think it was quite, po- it was quite uh, promised at the start. I think it was fairly solid throughout. Um, I think Larson definitely had higher highs, though. Uh, oh, definitely. Throughout yeah. her run. Um. So. Do we think that this change in status quo has anything to do with uh, Event Leviathan? Because remember, Leviathan offered Babs. Um, I actually don't think so. I feel like this has got more to do with whatever the direction for Batman's going to be in January. Okay. That would, that'd be my guess. That makes sense. Yeah, could be. I, honestly, I feel like uh, maybe it, just editorial have decided, you know what, Burnside has kind of run its course. Let's kind of get back to, ba- you know, that back to basics approach that is... Yeah. Typically, what we see when they do something a bit more out there, it's like, right, okay, back to your roots. This yeah. kind of feels like that to me. Um, so it's just, you know, Burnside's mm-hmm. been going on for five, six years now. Yeah. It was, wasn't it part of the kind of DCU? Why are you? It was like issue yeah. 30 something of the new 52 yeah. run. Yeah, so. it might have been you. So maybe five years. Yeah, it was three years into the 24. Yeah, about five years. That's, that's right. I was going to say that seems far too long, but it's not when I think about it. Um, no. So there you go. What are you, what are you rating it, Matt? What are you rating this issue? Issue twenty. Oh, I'm gonna give it a seven. Thirty-six, rather than twenty-six. Um, yeah. You give it a seven, um, Connor. Yeah, seven point five. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with a seven as well. I just, I'd probably go with a seven point five too, but this Pelletier's mouths. No. Yes, yes. We know. Half, half a point just for that. Um, all right. Uh, so that'll take us on to a book the match that I'm still reading, and that is Adventures yeah. of the Super Sons issue twelve. Peter J. Tomasi writing with Carlos Barbary on the so- art. Final issue of that, right? Yeah, final issue. Yeah, yeah. This, this is the de facto end of Tomasi's super stuff because this goes back and ties in stuff from Superman with that with the cube, the hypercube. Mm. Um, and basically, all the weirdness comes from this cube. Um, Tomasi kind of, I felt like he was cribbing from the cubic stuff over at Marvel where the cosmic cube had become sentient because. Um, that's what happened here is the hypercube basically from all those adventures that were going on around John and Damien and it being in the fortress. Um, it had absorbed all this energy and it decided that it needed to do something with it. So it basically created Rex Luthor. It created his planet of these wannabes and it became a Frankenstein's monster scenario when Rex, decided he wanted to take over basically the, the universe and uh, all of these adventures was the hypercube trying to f- or through this series was it trying to fix itself by getting John and Damien so the older version that we've seen um, space cabbie uh, Tommy tomorrow all of that came from the hypercube 
but a lot like what we with have with Shane over in in Justice League, um, these are possibilities, which doesn't mean they're not any less real. But um, we find all this out when the Hypercube pulls John and Damien in. So they end up devising a plan to defeat Rex. And to do that, you remember in the first issue, there's the puppeteer. And the puppeteer got killed. Yeah. Uh, and that was us. The, they pull him from right about when he's going to die. And by doing that, it upsets, you know, everything that has kind of happened. And uh, basically return everything to normal before Rex can get a chance, which, of course, pisses off Rex. Uh, but then, you know, the, the older versions of them and Tommy Tomorrow come in, the Jonah Hex robot, and help the boys save the day. And they end up coming back to Earth uh, with the puppeteer, so he never died. Um, and they're going to talk about how this was supposed to be the summer of Super. Um, and right as they get back, Alfred comes into the room. And wakes them up in school starting. So they missed out their whole summer on this mm-hmm. cross-dimensional thing. But they end up um, they end up basically giving Hypercube this this basically reality to play around with, and gives them the all these memories, um, so it doesn't create another wreck situation. So that's what you see. Remember, you have the old versions telling the stories of the adventures of of the Super Sons. That's the cube basically acting these things out um, as to not create another Rex Luthor scenario. So it all kind of wraps up. You, you get a couple panels that show the the Tomasi stuff from before, uh, from that Super Sons run. So they, they talk about that planet they went to where they're the superheroes. There's um, uh, They talk about the, the Slaughter Swamp stuff from, from his run. Uh, with uh, the telekinetic guy. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Manchester Black. So, but yeah, it was a nice fitting end to it. But you kind of feel like it's just in a holding pattern because once when, when Bendis was coming through <clears throat> and he had different plans for John, kind of wipes all this out, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not yeah. a continuity, but it, yeah, it does feel no, like but yeah. kind of irrelevant. Yeah. This could have been the next 12 issues of Super Sons, you know, but because of what had happened, they decided to make it a, a maxi and, you know, the art's fine. Art's consistent. Um, but yeah, the, the seeing how it tied everything together was pretty cool. So no, yeah, I'm, that's like, Super Sons. Yeah, I enjoyed what I read of it. Um, mm-hmm. It just wasn't like a must-read thing every month. So once I fell yeah. behind, I just didn't catch back up again. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, what are you giving it? I'm gonna give it a seven point five. It's uh, it just it the mess that was created before, still kind of there. It's almost like he wrote himself in a corner and then had to figure out how to get out of it. But I mean, he kind of did. But um, but yeah, I just the whole sentient cube thing, like Marvel just did that a couple of years ago. You know, I think it's weird that that's the idea he decided to bring to the table. Yeah, that's oh. fair. Yeah. Uh, so that'll take us on to the final book of the week, and it is the first of the Walmart uh, reprints, uh, you know, because they did the 12-issue kind of 12-page stories in those 100-page giants over a year. 
Um, they weren't released in any other way, but now they're being reprinted as slightly bigger issues where two parts are in each issue. This is the Tom King Superman story. Uh, they're calling this Superman Up in the Sky. This is issue one, of course. Uh, Andy Kubert's on the art. Um, so me and Connor read this. Yeah. Yeah, and these are out of continuity tales. Yeah, out of continuity. Um, and because there's little things like Clark's parents are still alive and, you know, things like that. That just Yeah. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a John anywhere. It's just kind of... Not out of continuity for much longer. Just give Doomsday Clock some time. <laughs> um, so, and it is very much part one and two of a story. There's a little part two uh, where the second part starts, you know, where it would have been split up um, yeah. originally. Uh, so this story is it's actually I actually laugh because the the first line of narration is actually Batman and it just made me laugh because it's Tom King and he's been writing Batman for you know years and like he's done a Superman story and the first thing he does is Batman narration, but it's Batman actually calling in Superman because there's been a horrible murder in Gotham, and uh, this couple were killed but they were foster parents and of the four girls who they were fostering two of them were killed too one is missing and one is in the hospital uh, with a bullet wound. And he he calls in Clark to say, "Hey, can you go and speak to the girl who's in the hospital?" I was like, "Okay, that's kind of sweet." Um, and he tells her this story about how the girl who's missing, like, kind of stole her Superman toy because uh, because Superman's her favorite. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, basically, you know, the, the neighbor gave them all superhero toys, and hers was actually the Superman one. Um, but her sister Alice, you know, always took it off her because Superman was her favorite, so she got stuck with someone else. Yeah. So the story of of this uh, this issue, because the and the girl eventually dies as well. We find out like two, you know, two or three days later that the girl passes away in hospital. Um, but the story here is, is that Superman tries to look into what happened. You know, someone because she says the guy was in like a space suit of some kind. Yeah, he was in a spaceman suit, and uh, you know, and he took her, and he goes, "Oh, where did he take her?" Because you know, up in the sky. Yeah, so he asks like Green Lantern and like Adam Strange because it may be like Zeta Beam Tech, you know, or whatever, um, what's going on, and they're like, "Oh, it's going to be impossible to find her. Like, we don't know where to look," kind of thing. So the story of these two, these two parts in this issue is basically Superman struggling with the dilemma of. Should he like for like leave Earth for what could be months to try and save one little girl? Um, yeah, and and leave Earth undefended because you know it, it constantly shows us there's there's stuff constantly going on. Perry doesn't want him to take any time off to go and cover this in Gotham because it's like no, it's Gotham. Who cares? Yeah, uh, and then you know even Lois is like yeah, but no and I look as soon as you go you know Lex and you know Brainiac will all attack in that week. Yeah, and she's like, I'll try not to fall off any buildings while you're gone. I'm not promising anything, but I'll try. Yeah, it's, it's just like, it's kind of a, you know, a, a character yeah. trait, but I'll uh, try. But the one, the one person who kind of pep talks him into going in a way is actually Jonathan Kent. It's, uh, um, you know, he's talking to him. He doesn't say you should go as such, but he, he kind of just sort of reiterates the, like, how important and how he can't just let one person go. It's like, I, you know like, I can't save everyone. Well, no, but you could save her. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's constant. It's that, like, you know, class, oh, you know, they need me here. And he's like, yeah, suppose they do. And so I can't just go flying off after one girl. No, I suppose you can't. And so they're in class, like, they'll find her. He goes, yeah, suppose they will. Yeah. But, but sh- unless they don't. But he finds out the other girl died, and he actually, the, sh- the first part ends with him flying off into space, and now he's, he's going. And then the second part is he goes to um to Ran and basically wants to look through their their records of Zeta Beam just uh, you know usage <laughs> like the... and and they're like you know they they because we learned earlier in the first part that um they, they weren't giving the Green Lanterns access to the data 
And it turns out it's not just that they're being awkward, it's that they have so much data of every Zeta, you know, everywhere at once that tracking it is kind of impossible. They brought in like this third level computer. Uh, like a, a, the first level is used to build stars. Third level is beyond, you know, you know Superman's understanding. You know, after, after two minutes, it just self-destructed, destroyed all its code and just left one line saying, I can't. Yeah, so so Superman like hooks himself into it, and the, the guy's like, "No, you're gonna die. Like, if you do this, you're gonna die." It's, it wasn't just he's gonna die; he, he'll go mad as well. Yeah, um, so I didn't like the second part as much because a lot of the second part was like once he puts the thing on, it's like a lot of random scenes of him like in like a dream world. Yeah, and like some of them were in jump, like Lois and the 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 spelling. Yeah, how many R's in corrupt? How many L's in politician? Yeah, yeah. how many how many M's in impeach? You say, oh, there should be a machine that does this for you. Yeah, there it's is like, Lois. There is. <laughs> um, but the whole point is, is that he eventually sees a little girl in the Zeta Beam like dream world, and she mentions kind of an like, not not saying that's where, but mentions the planet that they're going to that the guy was taking her to, so he knows where to go. So we end the second part with uh, him knowing where to go now. Um, so that, that's kind of the 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 first two parts in this issue. Um, did you like it? How, how did you feel about this? Uh, yeah, I liked the first part a lot. Second part, you know, the the disconnected scenes, I was feeling just yeah, a bit a bit meandering. Um, I thought mostly, you know, how I sometimes have a problem with Tom King and the voices sounding similar. Mm-hmm. Um, most characters were fine, but weirdly, Batman and Superman both sounded pretty much identical, which was a bit annoying. Um, mm. Uh, like it wasn't like Superman and everyone else though, like which is what most of the issue actually is. They were kind of pretty distinct, but those two kind of sounded pretty much the same, which was a little frustrating. I did like actually before he leaves, uh, Superman's like, "How do I even try and find her?" And Batman's like, "Well, just do what I do, but do it up there, like follow the clues, you know, follow yeah. the path of logic, and you'll get to her." Um, he's giving him detective advice basically. Um, now I actually quite liked it. I do agree. I, I think the second part was weaker because of the the stuff in the the, the Zeta Beam like data was a bit, you know, just whatever. But meandering, wasn't it? Um, I actually really liked the first part a lot, and I like the general concept of what it is and what it's doing. And how long has it been since we've had a good John Kent speech? <laughs> it's been a while. Um, and obviously this came out like a year ago or whatever. But like, it's nice to be reminded. That, oh, King can actually do a nice compelling story. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Um, it is possible he can do those. Yeah, no, no, I'm down for reading this issue too and seeing seeing where it goes. Um, because yeah, because I, I feel like you know the the, the whole in the Zeta Beam thing or the data was like okay that, that's done now. So unless he comes up with another reason to do like another meandering like thing like that. Yeah, I hope not. But now it should be just right. Follow the lead, save the girl, which is you yeah. know like Batman said in in theory. Yeah, uh, maybe it helps it actually that uh, we got it is like two parts at once because it wasn't just on its own if, if we had that on its own it may be a bit more yeah i think it'd be a lot more frustrating if you yeah. if you got just that but because we got two of them together um i feel a lot more positive about it after the fact um, yeah i think uh kubert does a great job and um it's anderson in the colors is is particularly fantastic um you know the the dark oranges the you know the sunset in gotham mm-hmm. and then you know uh uh all, all the stuff in space and looks great i just i just add on here at the end i love the idea of batman calling on superman not because there's something heavy that he's picked up but because his personality is needed like his you know how he speaks to people is needed 
I, I think is a really interesting yeah. idea. It's a morale thing for someone. So uh, yeah, I thought it was a, I thought that was a really interesting idea. Um, what are you giving it? I'll just about give it an eight. I think because I quite like the art. If if that second part been better, it probably would have been higher. Yeah, I'll give it an eight as well. I think it was solid. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to trying out some of these other Walmart specials. I mean, some I'm sure I'll stick with, some I won't. But um, I think I'm down to try issue two of this and see see where it's going. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Um, so that actually brings an end to the books this week, which takes us on to the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week. We do a favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite artist, and top five books. So that's what we're going to do right now. So we will start off with best cover, which basically in this context is which Lois Lane cover do you like the most? So Matt, how dare you? What are you picking, Matt? I'm I'm going the main cover. Yeah, I am too. I mean, the variant's pretty. Don't get me wrong, but that that main cover with the moodiness and the the burned S and the newspaper, I love it. You're both wrong because the correct answer is the the regular Green Lantern cover. Sure. Nah, nah. Lois, oh, Lois come on, that, that that regular Green Lantern cover. Pete, you've probably not even seen it. Go and look. I've got that. It's fantastic. I've got that. It it brilliant cover. Yeah, but you, you haven't looked at it. You've just. I mean, you've I'm, just I'm looking at it. Because you now. didn't read it, you didn't look. I'm looking at it now. All right. It's not bad. Yeah, I got it, man. It's good. I still like the Lois yeah. one better. I like the last one better. I like the Batgirl variant as well, actually, if we're all just mentioning other ones. Uh, is it another, um, what's his name one? Middleton. I think, it, I don't know if it is. I think, I think it's someone yeah, emulating. Yeah, it is. is. Is it him? Okay. I know, I know it's changing at some point. Cause nah, one that's the, another one. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, all right, that's covers. Uh, best, uh, oh, we usually start with Pile Slash Moment. I don't know why I changed it this week. Pile Slash Moment, Matt, what do you, you go for? It's the final page of, of Lois Lane, uh, where she's confidently walking out of the White House after uh, inspiring an insurrection of the press. Yeah, I can't really argue with that, Connor. Uh, I'm probably going to go with that panel from Justice League with uh, Superman, you know, with the, the suns behind him, you know, talking about him making a difference. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Superman ending up in the barn and deceased. Um, there's just a lot of weight to you. that. Wait till that panel as he's walking in there to see his dead dad. Um, well, his undead dad, I should should be more specific. Yeah. Uh, favorite art to, to wake up Matt a bit. What you, what you got? Uh, I'm going deceased. Um, I think it, it the, the tone was great in Lost Lane, but I think deceased had a lot of really good moments in there. The told through the art from, from the sea stuff to the one that Pete talked about with the barn. There's a lot of really good visual storytelling there. Alright. Connor. Uh Deceased was a great choice. Um I think I'm gonna just give it to Green Lantern though. Uh Sharp's killing it with the fan you know, the the fantasy stuff is kind of him at his peak. And uh the colours were, were you know phenomenal uh, this issue as well. He picked Liam Sharp's Green Lantern again. What a shock! I'm, I'm, I'm shocked over here. Hey, Liam Sharp is fantastic. What do you want me to say? It's hard to argue with. Uh, I for best art, I will plug with Lois Lane. Um, well, it might not be the complete knockout of the park. I actually have more issues with all the other books I read. I think art wise. Um, what about Up in the Sky? Up in the Sky is pretty good. I, th- I think I like the moodiness of uh, Lois more though. 
Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just think you didn't actually talk about any art issues in that book. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, pro- it's probably my, my second favorite, and then everything else is kind of like you know, I you know, I don't love hair sign that much. I don't. I definitely don't like P- Pelletier that much. And then Justice League was pretty inconsistent and had a couple of dodgy pages. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, all right. So top five books of the week then, Matt. Oh man, I'm gonna take a nap after this. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Lois Lane number one. Number two is Deceased. Number three is Justice League. Number four is Super Sons. Number five is Batgirl. All right, Connor. Uh, number one's Deceased. Two's Green Lantern. Three Lois Lane. Four Superman up in the sky. Five. That girl. Uh, my number one is Lois Slane. Number two is Deceased. Number three is Superman Up in the Sky. Number four is Batgirl. Number five is Justice League, which is all the books I read. I only had five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, me too. Um, but no, really good. So uh, that is our top picks of the week. Um, and I did ask on the Twitters. Again, I left it a little bit late, so it's not like a horde of people this week. But... But we do have some people uh, giving us our favorites. Pretty sure you forgot to read it out last week, even though you tweeted it. Shut up. Um, we have a we have an even split between Lois Lane and Deceased, which is not a huge surprise. Mm. I don't think. Seems relatively no. representative, doesn't it? Yeah, a couple from yeah. the Deceased sides that side of the argument uh, at Corey YNWA. Probably Deceased in a quiet week. Although I'm looking forward to Lois Lane when it gets started. Um, I think what yeah. he means is the plot's not really started yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, a little surprised not to see anyone saying Green Lantern, but I'm just going to attribute that to you leaving it late. so late. Yeah. Uh, at Glenn Reeves Comics, Deceased, why? Same as the last two issues. It's phenomenal. And it's at Tom Taylor made, which made, which is all it needs to be said, really. So there you go. And then on the lowest side of the argument, uh, we have Lost in Issue 1. This is from uh, at Crying the Real 7. Uh, Lois Lane issue one. Why? Because our superpowers are most relevant and desperately needed in today's world. Very well put. Uh, and at Com Factor, Lois Lane issue one. It, I wasn't planning on reading this series, but I picked it up since it was a late week for books. I loved it, and we'll be sure to keep checking it out. I loved how it involved current politics without uh, being agenda based like Marvel. A uh, little shade thrown there. I, I also love Romance with Clark. There you go. So, there you go. So yeah, deceased in Lois Lane. Uh, <sighs> Or the the two winners this week. So there you go. So I'll tell you what's coming next week. That's usually what I do now, right? It is, yeah. Right. So coming next week, we have Batman seventy four. We have Batman and the Outsiders issue three. Uh, We have Batman Universe issue one. That's the uh, the Walmart reprint. So that's the Bendis Batman story. So I'll definitely be trying that. Um, seeing how that is. Uh, Connor too. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we have Catwoman 13 we will not be covering that of course uh, we have Detective Comics 1007 which I think we've all officially dropped as well um, I thought you were shaking my head there because you were saying it's not out next week I'm like Matt I'm looking no. at Diamond I see it no I think he's shaking his head because god damn it no, none of us are reading Detective what no. the hell's going on I know this was just weird um, I got excited there for a second because I saw Doomsday Clock and then second printing. I was like, damn it. Yep, I did too. And I was <laughs> yeah. shit. Yep, me too. Uh, we got Event Leviathan issue two. We got The Flash 74. We have Justice League Hawk Odyssey Man. issue 11. Whoa. Where are you going? Yeah, you, you, you skip stuff? the Hawkman. Oh, sorry. Hawkman 14. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need Justice League Odyssey. Your eyes jump over it. I know, I know. Uh, Naomi issue six is finally out next week. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which means we actually have like three Bendis books next week, I think. Um, uh, Connor's favorite Red Hood and the Outlaw, or Red Hood Outlaw, issue 36 is out next week. How dare you? We got Supergirl 32, Superman 13. We have Wonder Twins issue 6, um, which it still says off 6, but that got extended, right? It did get extended. Yeah. Yeah. I've just not updated it on here. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman 74 and jo- Young Justice issue 7. So it's a pretty meaty week. We'll be not so needing... four Bendis books, isn't it? Well, Young Justice, Event Leviathan, yeah, Superman. Superman, and Naomi. Oh, I four. There you go. It's Bendis week. Hey, baby, universe. Oh, technically I... five. What was that last one? I didn't get it through. Batman, my Batman Universe. Yeah. Uh, Christ, half the bloody show next week. Oh, man. <laughs> I've got a quiet week Cover... next week, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Covers for next week are pretty strong on the yeah, Justice they're, side. They're knocking out the cardstock variants now next week, aren't they? So, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh man, that's a Riley Rosmo that looks a lot better in thumbnail. Where's the Riley Rosmo one? Young Justice. Jeez. Variant. Variant. Yeah. I, I'm glad I dropped the uh, detective because I've still got eleven books next week. This is the problem with them delaying every goddamn Bendis book until this week, the bastards. How many have I got? Because <laughs> you know I've got no Bendis, so it's presumably a lot less. About sixish, <laughs> maybe seven with Hawkman. <laughs> Look at Matt. Six. Matt's terrified. He's over the coat and he's like, "No, this is too many." I have eleven as well. <laughs> Do you know what? I think for for the first time in like months, I'm going to have to actually read some before Saturday <laughs> because I'm not reading eleven <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> oh God! And I have a Gwen Stefani concert to go to Wednesday. Yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure I'm working next. That's Saturday. such a that's such a random sentence as well. Well, because um, usually I can get stuff, but I'm not going to be able to have time to read on Wednesday night like I normally would. Yeah. Um, well, busy week next week, so uh, brace yourselves for that. <laughs> Um, so Joey the Fire Thursday. No, is, no, so, no is questions gonna, next week then. Yeah. We're gonna go from eleven next week to like four the following week. <laughs> I actually have no idea what we're expecting on week three at the minute. Not a lot, not a lot. Um so, you know. But yeah, next week's gonna be busy. Um so you know, even even the books are a little bit DC, I mean that'd be nice. Like, see if they delayed books from like a busy week to a quiet week, we would not be complaining, but they delayed books from quiet weeks to the busy week. Yeah. So which ones of these were officially delays? Obviously Batman. Batman, Naomi, and Young Naomi. Justice are all delays. Yep. Oh, are they? Okay. Young Justice was supposed to come out this week, and it got pushed by a week. Yeah, Naomi right. was meant to be like week three last month, and it got yep. pushed. Okay. See, obviously these ones I don't really have been yeah. haven't paid attention. So, so, that, so that's realize. three books that were pushed, possibly got Batman Universe, which is new. So those are the why. Um <sighs> Well, for me, anyway. Obviously, for Matt, it's not because he's got Hawkman. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. So that's what's coming next week. So, uh, hell of a gauntlet. What if I just don't read Batman? <laughs> Still have ten. <laughs> would my, yeah, would my completionist brain let me? Well, let you stop reading Detective. Yeah, but yeah. That... That like, because I had a nice clean ending at a thousand. Yeah, but this this is like he's been reading since issue one. He has issue one through like almost yep. eighty. Yep. So, I don't know. I think he's going to have to read it, but we'll see. Um, well, I'm going to read it. I was just, it's a fun thought experiment. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily blame you if you didn't, but, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I was I was thinking about maybe I'll pick up the Bendis Batman book because, you know, why not? 
But not with eleven other books. Yeah, twelve. You'd have twelve books if you did that next week. Uh, so that has been episode one six two. Two. There you go. One six two of uh, comics from the multiverse. Uh, thank you very much for joining us and you can of course support the show by rating us on your podcast app you know Apple Podcasts or whatever helps more people find the show if you give it a 5 star rating and a little review so you can do that you can also of course go to Patreon patreon.com slash TV and support us financially for as little as $1 per month and keep the show coming uh, you could do that. Uh, as for other things we do that you may want to check out outside of the comic book stuff, uh, me and Cara do television for the multiverse every week where we talk about the DC TV shows, so that's obviously relevant. But we do a lot of other stuff as well, a lot of our TV, TV review stuff and movie review stuff. If you like horror movies, we have the horror movie podcast yeah. Screams After Midnight. We, we talked a lot at the start of you know, Stranger Things, so obviously that's going yeah. on right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Uh, should, should mention Too Old to Die Young because that's uh, it's by, written by Brubaker. Yes, uh, that's it. It's a very art house TV show and is a very much an acquired taste. So, not everyone's going to go into that loving it. Just for the that record, makes me sad because I love the You should try it, Matt. You should, you should no. watch episode one. Try, Matt. If you can get through twenty minutes, you can get through all of it. Boy, because that sounds like how I want to spend my time. <laughs> it's like a twelve-hour Nicholas Wendig Refn movie. It is the that's best like, thing ever. Yeah. That's yeah. like the pizza man coming and punch you in the face and go, well, your day's only going to get better from here. Pizza. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> right? Like, no, I started watching Barry from HBO oh, on Timmy's recommendation. Uh, first season's very, very good. I have the second season to watch. Yeah, but before you do that, you got to get back to Legends. Uh, after Barry. Barry are only half-hour episodes, so I can get through a whole season real fast. Mm, okay okay you have to watch season three of legends because i need reactions to gary bebo and a few other things i i, I yes. can't wait till Matt gets to that you're the first bebo episode. bebo god of war yeah uh, it's, it's a viking episode with that introduces I'll bebo hell, yeah i'll help bebo yes bebo hungry all right uh <laughs> that, <laughs> that was relatively accurate i think it wasn't bad yeah, yeah. i'm only laughing because i'm imagining that's how you're gonna run to the fridge now <laughs> I, i'm not gonna lie matt I'm, I'm tempted to order food tonight i'm I'm very hungry yeah. i think i've earned it after a long week yeah so so with the way my fasting works is i uh, it didn't last night because i had tacos at 11 30 <laughs> so, <laughs> so i woke up and got donuts can, um, can i just say that your sentence yeah. there was the way my fasting works is that it didn't yeah. last night <laughs> yeah 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 so i said it. it was very intentionally said like that okay yeah. just check it just yeah. check it so so normally I, I'll I'll stop eating at seven, but you know late night whatever, and then I won't eat again on Saturdays until we're done recording. That said, I had breakfast this morning. We got donuts and coffee, and now I'm hungry, which I've never, you know what I mean. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. I try to you're gonna get eat some pizza. Is what you're gonna do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right. Well, that is that has been the show, and what a wacky show it's been um ups and downs all over the place uh yeah so yeah uh let's we think of the books in the comments and all the other jazz that i usually say um thank you very much once again for watching or listening and supporting the show uh keep reading dc comics but remember to never get lost in the speed force long live the legion